So on the, on the topic of wrestling, what I found interesting is that you and I are big fans of wrestling, right? We're big, big fans, but uh, a lot of people aren't. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are very critical of wrestling. Why? Because they, they, they say it's fake. Yep. Like that's, that's the number one critique of wrestling that I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Oh, why do you watch that crap? It's fake. Yeah, unlike uh, Hollywood movies, which are completely real. So that's my that's my thing. That's my thing with this whole fake thing, right? Yeah. Like, yes, is, is it is it scripted? Is is it predetermined as to who wins? Yes. So, but then so is Friends when you watch it. So is any sitcom if you watch it. So is any movie if you watch it. Like it's scripted. I mean, there was that great documentary series, Game of Thrones, which covered the dragon attacks and the Night King attacks, which all actually happened, right? Yeah. So that, that's that's what I. I can't bring myself to understand how people and why people use that as an argument. Like, why is that okay to say it's, it's meant to be fake. It's meant to portray reality. Just like any fucking TV show you watch, right? Like, like if you watch friends, that's not Joey. That's, that's a guy called Matt LeBlanc playing a guy named Joey, right? It's so it's, it's the same concept. So why why do you think people, why, why do you think that's the first sort of kind of pushback on wrestling that it's fake? Well, I think uh, before I get into the reasons, one of the other interesting things is we're also living in the era of reality TV. And, you know, you have people watching Big Boss and Big Brother and Bachelor Island or Love Island or whatever it's called, or The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and all of these things, which uh, seemingly portray real people, but is pretty common knowledge, I guess, that they're all pretty scripted as well or edited to look like there's something that they're not and so on. So especially in this era, it's quite interesting that people give wrestling a bad name for being fake. And the other thing I have noticed, we're coming to, I think, why people react so strongly to it. I do think that it's, if you go back to the Attitude Era, you know, 1998, 1997 to say 2002, 2003, that was really the time when wrestling was at its most popular. Or maybe, you know, it feels that way to us because uh, that's when we were kids and everyone loved wrestling. I feel that the harshest critics of wrestling being fake tend to be those people who were big fans of it as kids who believed it was real. And then when they found out it was fake, they're like, yeah, I'm too old for this stuff. You know, this is for little kids. Uh, and I, I think that somehow plays into it to some extent. And I think for other people, maybe they just find it uh, a bit too over the top. I mean, wrestling is loud. It's dramatic. That's It's like a rock concert, right? I mean, people, uh, I think they react similarly to say heavy metal when right. you see, you know, Kiss or I mean, no, Kiss is not metal, but let's say Kiss or Iron Maiden or one of those bands with like loud makeup and like guys with axes and blood and bones and dungeons. Uh, I think it's just people saying, oh, this is too childish. I'm a mature grown up. So hold, hold on, your, your first point, right? Which yeah. is the bubble being burst. That's essentially what you're saying. Like yeah. People believe that it was, it was real. And then they found out that it wasn't like, so when, when I guess Shawn Michaels beat Bret Hart for his first title, that was actually all scripted. Like when they mm. first found that out, I think so you're saying they were so heartbroken. They were like, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. This is rubbish. This is not true. This is yeah. not real. Heartbreak kid. Right? Yeah, Literally. I know. But, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. So you're saying basically people can't compartmentalize. So they, 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 they can no longer be like, look, I still don't know what's going to happen. Like when you watch a TV show, yeah. when you watch 24 or anything else to watch a, a, click, a cliffhanger. You avoid end. spoilers, right? Exactly, right? You don't know how it's going to end. You know it's, it's written, it's predetermined. You know yeah. this, but you don't know how it's going to end. And that's the magic behind it, right? So like, so you're saying that people 
were so angry, I guess, that they were they felt like they were betrayed or lied to. That they were like, no, I'm, 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 I, I can't. This is, this is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other part of it is like judgmental, right? Okay, and I guess I can understand that to some extent. You know, wrestling was for the longest time very specifically targeted at young American men uh, and really appealing to their baser desires. There's no, there's no denying that. For a long period of time, it was that. But having said that, you know, you and I know that professional wrestling is one of the oldest forms of entertainment known to mankind, right? The From the Coliseum to the today. The gladiator days, yeah, yeah. You know, the scriptedness or the non-scripted of it, of it varies. But in American entertainment, uh, it really goes back all the way to when Americans, you know, uh, first or like Europeans first touched down upon American soil, yeah. carrying forward that legacy from Britain and so on. So it is an old form of entertainment, but it gets looked down upon. Uh, you know, because I'm sure you've heard this phrase as well. Oh, it's like soap opera for men. And I'm like, okay, A, you can say that's a kind of a loaded term, but it's not necessarily an insult. Uh, and B, again, we're living in this era where everybody's watching Netflix all the time and obsessing over different shows. So where is, you know, how is it something wrong to be yeah. watching an episodic series? Yeah. And I, I mean, the last thing I'll say is just in terms of respectability of the wrestling business is as Michael Cole keeps reminding us, uh, WWE Raw is the longest running weekly episodic television show in history. Uh, and that in itself, I think, should give it some legitimacy and some respect. A hundred percent, right? And look, I think what... I guess what bothers me when people call it fake or when, when that's the biggest criticism is the, is what I think is a lack of respect for what these athletes and that's what they are, what these mm-hmm. athletes are going through, right? Like you look at someone like Jeff Hardy who has to scale a 20 fucking foot ladder, do a flip and then land on somebody else and make sure he doesn't kill himself. And the person he's landing on. For our entertainment. Yeah. For our entertainment. And, right? and, actually, and on a weekly basis. This is, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because on the topic of fake and real, right? One of the things that's, you know, sacred to WWE or to professional wrestling is that unless absolutely impossible, the show must go on. And, you know, there are countless examples from Kurt Angle to Triple H to Shawn Michaels to Jeff Hardy of people being injured, grievously yeah, Bob, Bob injured. Holly with a broken neck? Yeah. yeah. Uh, who go on and complete the show because that's the dedication they have to the entertainment that they're providing and the show that they're a part of. And, you know, you look at uh, the English Premier League or any other football or soccer game where, you know, the lightest touch, you have someone rolling around on the floor acting uh, like they'll never walk again. You know, I'll go as far as saying, as Mick Foley has said sometimes, that the real world is faker than wrestling. Yeah. And and that and that's my thing, and that's why kind of like I wish people would take a step back and and look. You don't have to like wrestling. Like this, this is not around trying to make sure that everybody appreciates and like and likes wrestling. You cannot like it, and that's fine. I guess my 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 whole point here is you need to have a better reason than it's fake. Yeah. Every fucking show we watch is yeah. is fake. Yeah. Whether it's reality TV, whether it's scripted, it's all it's all fake mm-hmm. in in that sense. It's not it's not real life. Correct. Right? Yeah, the scripted versus fake. Exactly. Yeah. Right? It's scripted. Right? It's meant to be scripted. It's 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 done for our entertainment. What I wish people would appreciate is 
the athletic ability, the real risk and danger these athletes put themselves through, not just in the ring, but before COVID hit, these guys were traveling. They were on the road, right? And we'll talk about WWE later, but like, and then WWE is like one of the, one of the, the premier ones, right? And there's the indie scene. No premier one. Yeah, it was the premier one, but there's the indie scene and all sorts of, but like these, these wrestlers. And like, let's, okay, let's, let's not, let's not go to a rabbit hole. Let's, let's, let's think about WWE, right? Traveling every week to a new city, a new venue, making sure you continue to stay in shape, right? For the crowd, for the audience, for your craft, making sure that you are jumping off ropes, carrying people over your head, throwing them around, hitting them with chairs, still making sure that you are alive, they're alive, and and the story continues, right? I, I think like that's what I wish people appreciated. You don't like it. Like I don't like soccer. I don't like Formula One racing. But it's about respect. But I respect that like Cristiano Ronaldo, he he gives everything to his craft, right? He kills it. He's in great shape because he believes in what he guys are doing. I respect that. Yeah. Formula One driving, don't like it. But again, it's super hard. You can't be easy to control a, a car that's going that fast around a bend. But I respect the fact that it takes a, a, a significant amount of skill to do that. Yeah, I mean... Ultimately, right, uh, and maybe I'm getting too philosophical about this now, but, you know, why do people watch ballet? Why do people watch dance? Like, why is that an enjoyable art? Because we love to see the human body, right? We love to see what the human body can do. And we love to see the human body take on different forms and represent different forms and move in a certain rhythmic ways, move in certain visually appealing, symmetrical, uh, you know, sequential ways. And uh, many people are going to scoff at me when I say this, but is wrestling really that much different to dance or ballet? It honestly isn't. And, you know, like I said before, you go back to the oldest cave paintings and what are they? They're people, uh, people are drawing the human form, throwing spears, the human form fighting, the human form hunting, right? And wrestling is really a great, great uh, representation of that. It's the epitome of that, of humans working together to put together that spectacle using the human form and using all that the human body is capable of. And that's super interesting. You said that you talked about um, ballet, right? I think, I think, I think it was the Hardy boys that had a move called poetry in motion. Indeed. Indeed. Correct. So yeah. it's so apt, right? Because like basically like one jumping off the other and then slamming into somebody else. Indeed. And, uh, and you know, you put it like that and it sounds savage almost, but it's, it's just amazing to watch. And, and and that's why I think when I, when, I, when I tell people this, when I show them clips, I show them clips of say Mick Foley mm. being thrown off the, the the Hell in the Cell, landing mm. on a table, or even Jeff Hardy. When I show them feats of strength, where like say Brock Lesnar, somebody is holding somebody over their head and chucking them over the ring. Sure, when when I when I when I break this down, mm. it sounds savage. Yeah. Right. But what I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not looking at it for that particular moment. I'm looking at it for the skill it requires to lift somebody over your head, to do a flip and land a table and then be safe about it, right? It's all, and, and, and all within a specific story. Yeah, and right? to, be, to be fair, uh, you know, a lot of the examples that you've given are of hardcore wrestling, whereas there is like a significant percentage of wrestling fans, you know, purists, who would even uh, look down upon that kind of hardcore wrestling? And, you know, coming to the skill part that you mentioned, you talk about 45-minute grappling matches with Ric Flair and Sting or Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, Kurt Angle and, you know, he who must not be named, uh, Daniel Bryan and uh, Chad Gable, you know, all of these guys today. So, you know, 
get rid of the tables, the steel cages, the throwing people over the top rope, uh, you know, just a physiological conditioning uh, that they have, uh, the cardio conditioning that they have and the skills that they have to, as you mentioned, putting together a physical story, you know, even just grappling with each other. It's it's just insane what they're able to do at the highest levels. Yeah, and, and keeping a crowd entertained, right? Like, so... A live crowd. It, exactly. it must be mentioned. Exactly. Live crowd. There's always. not people at home watching on TV that they can't get a reaction. From. There's no edits. There's no redos. Exactly, yeah. right? So you have the good guy, the bad guy, the battling it out. You know, the good guy's down. He makes a comeback or she makes a comeback. Um, sometimes they don't. Yeah. It's drama and it's... I mean, is, is this not what all storytelling is eventually about? It's good versus evil. It's the rhythms of the winning the battles and winning the war. And, you know, what you're seeing is like storylines that didn't go up, you know, go on for a year, sometimes even more than a year, playing out in front of your eyes, going through ups and downs and everything. And I think the other thing that's important to realize is that people will often judge wrestling by its worst. And, you know, yeah. we can't pretend that WWE Raw or any other wrestling show is always perfect and always fun to watch. Sure, yeah. there are bad matches, there are bad episodes, there are bad storylines, there are bad wrestlers. Okay. And I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you just point to the worst example of something and say that, yeah, look, look, that's ridiculous. I, I don't need to look into that. Yeah, and you gave hundred uh, percent. You can you can do that about anything, right? You can look at the worst of anything and be like and write it off and be like that shit. I don't I don't, I don't wanna I don't wanna be associated with that. But yeah. So look, I think we've we've talked now a lot about why we think it's why we think it being criticized being called for being f- quote unquote fake is is unfair. Like I yeah. said, I think should we should we talk about kayfabe before we moving on before we move on to the next topic? I think we should. I think we should. You want yeah. you want to you want to enlighten uh so I, I enlighten our audience about kayfabe a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, you know, it's very closely related to wrestling being fake right now for the longest time and technically even today uh wrestlers and the wrestling industry wwe you know whoever's in this business they're obviously bound to a kind of oath of sorts where they have to pretend it's real it's obviously you know before the internet especially before you know the 21st century Every wrestler in public talking to a fan, they could not let out the secret that wrestling is scripted. And and they wouldn't break character either. And they would not break character. And, you know, you have examples from back in the day of like, you know, some of those more polarizing characters like the Iron Sheik and uh, or even say Hulk Hogan and people who would cheat Jake the Snake Roberts and so on. People hated them in real life. Like people would crowd them in airports. People would, you know, hiss at them at restaurants and so on. Yeah. Um, Especially when they went abroad, sometimes they nearly incited riots uh, and things like that. And you have to respect the ability uh, of these wrestlers to, you know, incite the crowds or inspire the crowds positively or negatively to that extent by getting them to believe that it's real as well. So that's kayfabe, right? Kayfabe is the industry term of maintaining that facade or maintaining that disbelief that this is all real. I really do hate that guy and we really do want to hurt each other. Um, Today, that's slipping, obviously. Everyone has a kind of understanding, except for little kids, and it should remain that way. Uh, kids, you know, there's no reason to, you know, shatter their bubbles. But yeah, people generally, thanks to the internet and all the so-called dirt sheets, they have an understanding that it is scripted. Yeah. Uh, and they understand the nature of the business, uh, so to speak. So it's, it's interesting how that's evolved and like how, you know, today if somebody says it's fake, you know, 
you're not they're barely even pretending that it's not fake anymore yeah nobody is right no no yeah. one's like no one's like are you crazy it's real like he actually did this or actually did that or she actually did this right like triple h calls it the reality era right they have that whole storyline with daniel bryan and the authority where they straight up were telling him that we will not put you in the main event it wasn't about you need to win the number one contenders match and all that they they pulled back the curtains themselves and said that you're a small little guy yeah. we, we can't back you we, we're we're a company for big dudes right so no, hundred percent. And, and like you, you were talking about kayfabe, so I geeked out a little bit today. And uh, kayfabe essentially, people think it, it comes from Pig Latin, which is another. So you can, how you say fake in Pig Latin is is ek faith, Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But people also think they came from like carnival um, uh, people, mm-hmm. where it went when they travel from town to town, they would make a collect call to uh, their their family in a previous town and say, "This is kayfabian," and that was a signal oh. that they. They're, without having to pay for a call. But uh, it's random, random stuff, right? But to your point... No, but like, the, the carnival is an important part of wrestling history, right? Exactly. The British carnival exactly, and everything. Exactly, right? So, so to your point, with, with kayfabe, uh, it has been diluted over some time, right? Like The Undertaker, for example, back in the when we were kids... Uh, I mean, I truly did believe that... He was undead. He, right? he lived in a graveyard. Yeah, and that he, he was from Death Valley or where the... Yeah, yeah, and, and and look, as a kid, you see someone like shooting electricity bolts on live television or out of their fingertips and stuff like that. Dude, goosebumps! Like, like, I think it's real. To me, to me, I remember when the Undertaker had his like. I I was not young. I was probably nineteen or something or twenty. But when he had his um, when when his um, badass American badass, the American badass was yeah. killed. <laughs> buried alive. Right. Kane, then, Kane buried him alive yeah, in that came, match against yeah, Vince McMahon. Exactly. Yeah. He came back at WrestleMania. That's right. right. That's as, right. As the original Undertaker. Mm. And he had WrestleMania 20, oh where it God. all begins again. Dude, I remember. My, 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 like, I goosebumps. You, you had the pallbearers and like the, the druids yeah, come the out druids with come the lanterns. With all the, 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 the smoke. Insane, right? But like, we're talking about kayfabe. 100%. Like, kayfabe was so seriously taken back in the day, right? But it's evolved to a point where it's hard to do. Because even before people become wrestlers, they have Instagram accounts, uh, they're on Twitter, they're sharing views about politics. Like, these are all things wrestlers did not get involved in back in the day, right? They weren't allowed to. Uh, exactly. Right? Like, they'd because, be ostracized. And, and someone like The Undertaker took his role so seriously that he would not be one to be seen in public, without his actual getup, right? So they're very secretive about what they did outside of the ring just to maintain that image. But it's a performance art. Exactly, right? And, and that's the commitment to the art. When someone like The Undertaker was like, I will have to make sure that kids, especially kids, do not see me outside of my costume, outside of character, because that will destroy what The Undertaker is. Yeah. And you think about how, how powerful that is because he's probably still the greatest wrestling character ever. Mm-hmm. Right, somebody who gave that much to his craft, who makes millions and millions of people, literally across the globe, from the U.S. to India, to Sri Lanka, we'll talk about yeah. later, right? But makes millions and millions of people believe that he can do anything, and that he is an undead, uh, you know, grave digger with supernatural abilities. Correct. It's so, insane. And, and I, I, I think because of the dilution of kayfabe over time, right? Over like this period of time where because we talked about Instagram accounts, we talked about social media, it's harder 
It's harder to do this. You talk about dirt sheets. Yeah. It's harder, right? So it's about suspending your your belief that this is real and, and, and appreciating it for what it is. So entertaining storylines. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the, actually, the counterpoint I would uh, uh, you know offer to the story of the Undertaker is actually what we see today is the flip side of it. Uh, and you know the the one example I don't know if there are others there could be but the one big example of this is John Cena, right? So John Cena's kayfabe is literally like a mirror image of the Undertaker, where despite years and years of people clamoring for John Cena to turn heel, or in other words, to become the bad guy on television for fifteen years. And I don't think any wrestler has gone that long without a heel turn, right? Yeah. Certainly not in the modern era. Even Hulk Hogan was a bad guy in the yeah. NWO eventually. Yeah. So John Cena never turned heel. John Cena never turned into a bad guy because of what he meant to kids in real life. Because of what hustle, loyalty, and respect, his catchphrase, and what he represented in wrestling meant to kids in real life and to the number of children who looked up to him as a hero and as a saint of sorts. He did not ever want to disappoint them, and that's why he never changed his TV character. Even though it would have probably helped his career yeah. and given him an easier life and helped him have more fun. And it's exactly like a mirror image of the Undertaker, where in this case it's real life that's dictating TV, and, and you know, whereas with the Undertaker, his TV persona yeah. was dictating his real life. You know, you know, he I think he he has this crazy stat where he has been requested the most number of times by uh, Make Wish Foundation and granted and yeah, granted, granted the most right? numbers, yeah. right? over six hundred now. Yeah, so that's it's incredible, right? Maybe so, even a thousand. I don't know. But again, incredible, incredible that this one person has had such an impact, and this one person being a wrestler. Yeah, right. So kids really, really wanted to see him. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Like so, with, with so kayfabe, right? That's kind of like where it all started, creating these characters, and, and and that's that's changed over time, and it's becoming more diluted in our new new reality. And so, wrestling's had to have, wrestlers and wrestling has to evolve, right, to mm-hmm. kind of deal with this new reality that we know that Bray Wyatt is the fiend, but he also has an Instagram account um, where he's posing with his family. Yep. Right. We know this. Right. So it's it's again like. I'd also, be, but because of this, you we probably will never have another character like as immortal as the as 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 a as a the Undertaker. I I would say never say never. You know, ultimately, when we're watching or wrestling, you use the term right. It's a suspension of disbelief and or belief. Yeah, yeah. As some as long as someone has killed enough, you know, comes across, and as long as they convince us to do that for them. You know, I I would say we'd be more than willing. And that's I, like look at look at what the fiend does today, right? Like the fiend does all kinds of supernatural stuff these days in the ring, whether it's being impervious to pain or uh, appearing yeah. out of nowhere or disappearing at will and all all that kind of stuff, right? If if you said to me five years ago or even two years ago before the fiend was a thing that in 2020 a new character could come wearing a face mask with crazy eyes and fanged teeth uh, who'd appear and disappear at will and be impervious to pain and people would cheer for that and really like that i wouldn't have believed you because i would have said no people are too smart now they're not gonna fall and like that kind of thing but he's been good enough to make that happen. And I think, uh, you know, that will continue to happen. Santino, it's about, it's, it's about getting the crowd to buy into things, right? Like yeah. Santino Morella, 
back in the day he made people buy into the goddamn cobra he would put a puppet on his hand and strike people with it and people would believe yep that's knocked his opponent out chris jericho sold people on a list and a scarf uh if you're skilled enough you can get the people to buy in and play along with anything i think i think i'll take what i said back i think mm. you're right because i think it goes back to the original point we're making right which is you have to make the distinction today or you have enough knowledge to make the distinction today that that there is a real person and there is a character they're portraying mm-hmm. and you're watching wrestling because you're enjoying the character they're playing just like you watch a movie yeah right if i if i like mission impossible i'm like I don't really think that's Tom Cruise. I mean, to be fair, though, Tom Cruise mostly plays himself. But, but, but you know what I mean, though, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, you can say the same thing about Will Smith or who's the guy from Dodgeball? Uh, Adam Sandler? No, no, no. Uh, oh, Vin, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Yeah. You can say all these guys basically play themselves. But, like, my point is there's the actor and there's a, there's a part they're playing, right? So, like, yeah, you're right. Like, it's about, like, if, if, I, if I focus on the fact that, look, I'm enjoying wrestling for wrestling, I'm not thinking about Bray Wyatt, the family man, I'm thinking about this guy being the fiend and doing all sorts of crazy shit. Um, so yeah, I, I, I will, I will, I will uh, 100% take what I said back. Thank you. Uh, you know, if everyone was like you, my showers would be a lot shorter. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I'm, I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong. Um, so that's, that's not a problem. <laughs> but um, yeah, look. So look, I think for us to keep the conversation going, right? Wrestling has has kind of evolved a lot. And so we talked about, I think we talked about kayfabe and kayfabe. Yeah. Um, the, the function of kayfabe actually evolving as well, right? From being super secretive, um, almost fraternity where nothing is talked about. People were, people were punished. Remember um, Triple the H. Call. Exactly. Triple yeah. H and Sean, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Actually, mostly Triple H was punished because Shawn, Shawn Michaels, Michaels was too big to dog. fail. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we're punished. For those of you who don't know what this, what this is, was there was a house show. And a house show is a show that's not televised where Madison Square Garden, if I'm not wrong. Correct. Yeah. Kevin Nash was Diesel at the time and Razor Ramon and Scott Hall um, and and um, Triple H and Shawn Michaels were, were in a fight against each other. And at this point, they were actually supposedly in the story enemies, right? So Diesel and Razor Ramon against um, uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. I believe those are the two teams. After the match was done, because Kevin Nash or Diesel and Scott Hall were leaving WWE or WWF at the time to, to WCW, um, and these all these four men were were great friends, they basically embraced in the middle of the ring because it was the last time they'd be together in this in this in this company. And who knew though? I mean, it's happened what fifteen times yeah, since then that they've gone back and forth. But like, but Vince McMahon lost his shit. Right, because couldn't do anything to Razor or Diesel. Yeah, because they were leaving. Shawn Michaels was the big dog of the company He's at that the point. Champion. Exactly. Yeah. So he couldn't really. And so, so Triple H was basically punished, thrown back down the card where he was not being pushed um, to do anything. So basically, like ten second loss to the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania. Oh wow! Yeah. So like, so basically, he was basically punished for for breaking kayfabe. Right. So kayfabe was super important. I don't know if you know this, but. Uh, 
Triple H was actually scheduled to win the 1996 King of the Ring. Uh, you know, that Stone Cold one and that kickstarted the Stone Cold era. Uh, you know, when he cut that Austin 316 promo on Jake the Snake Roberts right after winning King of the Ring. Um, that was supposed to be Triple H. Triple H was supposed to win the two, uh, 1996 King of the Ring. And it was because of the curtain call that, you know, he was pushed down as punishment and Stone Cold got that spot. I mean, that's, it's mind-blowing to think about it because... Uh... A lot of people also attribute the fact that WWE won the Monday Night Wars in a big part because of Stone Cold, yeah. right? And uh, and his attitude, fuel in the attitude era, so to speak. Um, I mean, you can go, you can, you can, you can, you, we can speculate for hours and not never realize. William Regal is a big part of these stories because you know he had a lot of issues coming into WWE with drugs and all that stuff. You know, I'm glad he's fully recovered now and leading a healthy life. But uh, William Regal was. a tag team partner for Triple H oh, yeah, yeah. when he first came in when he was the Hunter Hearst Helmsley Indeed, you know yeah they because they both had these huge noses right <laughs> so they were supposed to be the blue the bloods snobs, or something yeah, like that bloods, the royals yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and then William Regal was also at one point uh, going to be the tag team partner for Stone Cold so you know who knows what yeah. William Regal could have would have been <laughs> then, you know you got to parallel reality you also have to give it to Triple H for going through all that shit and still being yeah. at the top, right? Persev- victory belongs to the most persevering yeah, I mean, he's, Napoleon. He's now a CEO of the company as well. Like, uh, he's he's done very well for himself. And um, he's, um, yeah, I, I, you, you can't say that the man hasn't worked hard for what he's achieved. I'm uh, a big fan of Triple H. Oh, I, I, know, like too. I know that Triple H gets a lot of flack in certain corners of the internet for burying young talent or having slow, long matches and all that. personally i think he puts over a lot of talent like people can we we'll discuss the internet wrestling community because i have a lot to rant about there I, but I, i i still think he should have lost his thing uh, but that's a separate issue well on wwe untold they had uh, sting triple h and everyone else involved in that match kind of talking about what happened in the end uh, the reason is actually is that they were setting up if you remember wrestlemania 31 which is when this match happened later on in that show triple h and stephanie had the confrontation with the rock yeah and right? and, 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 and ronda uh, rousey yeah uh, so the plan was uh, one year from then it was going to be triple h versus the rock at wrestlemania and the thinking at the time was about <clears throat> you know triple h is going to win which is going to allow him to come out and gloat set up the confrontation with the rock which was supposed to lead to a wrestlemania match but that never um, happened and that never materialized because the rock schedule right that's the justification but even if you watch wwe untold everyone you can tell is kind of but what's like, your what's your personal take on it would you have preferred seeing winning that particular match i mean absolutely yeah. uh i mean there's two ways to look at this okay with the interference of dx and nwo it kind of became the monday night i remember it so clearly in my mind right i don't remember i think it was michael cole it was like the monday night wars are coming to life right it was michael cole if you look at it that way then if it's like history playing out to the allegory of this match it makes sense for wwe 100%, to win 100% 100% but uh, look we would have all loved to see sting win uh, but sting sting himself says he said like Every time he meets fans, they all talk about how great that match was. But when he 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 always does this. He just asks people, "Hey, what do you remember from that match?" And they start talking about, "Oh, when Shawn Michaels came out, or when Hulk Hogan came out, yeah. or when you put Triple H in, uh, you know, not the sharpshooter, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the scorpion lock, and yeah. all, all that stuff." Yeah, he said, "No one ever says, 'Oh yeah, I remember you getting pinned.'" Fair, fair. But how I think about it is not 
as a match in itself, but I think about it from the time he stepped foot in the WWE at Survivor Series. That Survivor Series when he when he basically put Dolph uh, yeah. Ziggler on on Seth uh, Seth Rollins. What an entrance, man! Like when when the lights went off. So I was thinking it from 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 that point. It was it would have been a great combination of his his debut in wrestling mm-hmm. to, to to WWE because he'd never been in WWE, of course. right? Um, so that's how I was thinking about it. So it wasn't that, but you're right. You're right. It was a great moment. Like regardless, it was a great moment to have him there. Have 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 like the Monday uh, Night Wars be reignited in some little sense. I still think he should have won. But yeah, that's again, that's that's, it. that's fair. That's fair. It's it's just me. It's yeah. just me. But I I would also say that everyone's favorite wrestlers, especially from back in the day, uh, Triple H for me goes down as the greatest heel of all time. And the reason why we love so many of the people we love is because they he beat put them him. over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I love them because they. I mean, you know, I'm wearing a Shawn Michaels T-shirt right now, and it's not like I only saw a little bit of Shawn Michaels in the mid '90s, right? I really saw Shawn Michaels in his second run, and so much of that was just wanting him to beat the Triple crap H. out of Triple H. Yeah, and he's yeah, yeah. you can't give Triple H enough credit for no, that. For sure, for sure. So look, we, 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 I think we got slightly off topic there. Yeah. We're talking about just... You can edit uh, that out later. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll keep it. But like, we're talking about how things evolve. We're talk, I mean, mm. we, talk, we, we, we talk about how kayfabe it evolved. Yeah. But so many things uh, with wrestling have evolved. So yep. many things. I think um, one thing specifically is, is representation, mm. right? Do you um, remember Tiger Ali Singh? Tiger Ali Singh? Oh God, he seems so familiar. Remind me, remind me, remind me. Tiger Ali Singh was in WWF as it was known as back then. He was a jobber. But he was this big dude, all right? And he would come out, his name was Tiger Ali Singh, which kind of as a name also makes, you know, not a whole lot of sense. But, you know, they'd see the Taj Mahal on the Titan Tron while he was coming out and so on. And, you know, he was at that time, he, he was Canadian, as many of the Indian heritage wrestlers tend to be. Uh, but, you know, he was represented as like the Indian, he was pretty much the only Indian character or South Asian character. But also, why are all South Asian characters heels? Like, why are they never fucking face? Like, even even when they made Jinder Mahal champion. Yeah, he was a heel champion. And that, that blew my mind because like, A, he should never have been made champion, but people were saying that he was made champion because like Vince McMahon really wanted to own the India market. I have thoughts on that. Yeah, but like, they, 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 they said that it was because they were they were making more inroads in India. I don't buy that. Because, yeah, exactly, right? Because if, if that was true, then you'd want a champion that everybody in India could get behind, right? Yeah, 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 make yeah. him the face champion, make him good, make him beat bad guys. And then like Indian people are like, this is fucking amazing. So I didn't get, I didn't get why he was heel. Uh, the modern day Maharaja, Maharaja. Yeah. and, and I, I haven't got why like every non-American, um, like like significant champion, hasn't been a face. Like look at like look at the, even even Great Kali was terrible, but he was also heel if I remember correctly. I mean, Great Kali right? had his face run though when he became the Punjabi playboy, right? Uh, but like he wasn't the champion then if I remember correctly. Nah, right? not really. Like I I, I I'm, I'm trying to think of a non. I mean like like AJ Styles is is he Canadian? No, no. AJ Styles is a Georgia man. Yeah, southern Georgia. Friend. Yeah, he's a, he's a southern boy. Yeah, but like. Outside of a, a, a Canadian I mean, yeah, I think you can club Canadians and as Americans, Americans as yeah? together. Uh, like, I can't think of a. Non- sorry, I'm sorry to Canadians. They probably didn't want to hear that. No, but like, like we talk, we're talking about representation here. We're talking about representation. So, like, you talk, you're talking about uh, Tiger Ali Singh, but 
I, I was basically saying like I can't remember a significant champion who was uh, who was who was brown, who was who was not American, not brown, but not American. So for, like like The Rock, for example, was is is a, is an ethnic minority in that sense, but he was a face champion and things. Like there are plenty of African American like face champions. I mean, you have Roman Reigns now as a Samoan, who's the biggest name that but is. But he's also a heel now. But like, yeah. yeah. No, but, but come on. He yeah, yeah. But he's doing yeah. better as a heel, but let's get yeah. back to that later. But yeah, so we were talking about representation. We yeah. were talking about like... So, so Tiger Ali Singh, right? He was the guy in the late 90s, basically in WWF. He was the only South Asian guy. And I I'm believe... Him up. Uh, yeah, you should, you should. And, you know, I used to get excited as a kid to watch him coming just because like, you know, I'm like, oh, Tiger Ali Singh, he's one of my guys. Um, the reality is that uh, he was actually a victim of brutal racism backstage. Uh, you know, it just wasn't accepted back then. He wasn't accepted back then. Oh, I remember and him. It it reflected, uh, I think, even in his matches, uh, he had to eventually become a jobber and not much else. Maybe a couple of hardcore title wins here and there. I think that was as far as he got in WWF. And that was that. And then from Tiger Ali Singh uh, to who, now... Wait, 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 wait. Who was the other guy who had... Uh, uh, Blanking, who had, who almost went at it with the Undertaker, Muhammad Hassan, Muhammad Hassan, who was a great character, right, right. Except, I mean, timing was horrible because yeah, of the year 9/11. But, uh, it was it was post 9/11. Uh, it was actually the London attacks of 7/7 that ended okay. up, you know, killing his career. But Muhammad Hassan, I don't know how many people will remember so, this. Or I, even, so hold on, I disagree. Yeah. I disagree that he was a great character. I think he was a very good wrestler, mm-hmm. right? I I always used to have a problem. The older I got, I had a problem with. With WWE really kind of leaning into those the, shitty stereotypes. Oh, okay, yeah. The Muslim, what he eventually became. Exactly. But the reason why I said he's a great character, not of that final form of Muhammad Hassan that you remember of uh, the masked militia men coming yeah, and yeah. attacking the Undertaker. Exactly. Uh, I see he was a great character because, like I said, maybe you won't remember this, but there were these vignettes uh, that aired for many weeks before he finally debuted. And those vignettes were beautiful. And I haven't seen them since they aired, but they're still very fresh in my mind. Because Mohammed Hassan, when he started, oh, the first few vignettes, he was introduced as a very friendly, wholesome guy. He would introduce himself with a big smile on his face, talk to the WWE universe and say, I'm so happy to be here. You know, it's my first few weeks in America. Everything <laughs> is beautiful here. I can't wait to debut in the WWE and show you guys what I'm capable of. Um, Everything is amazing here. That's how it started. And then every week, every couple of weeks, he they would show him being slightly less happy because he would start talking about how you know people would call him names on the streets or right. refuse to serve him and that kind of stuff. Until eventually, you know, for many, many weeks, there's a very gradual decline where he would talk about very believable real life things that happened to him because of his name and ethnicity that led to him eventually debuting as this heel anti-American uh, character. So let's pause there for a second, right? I don't remember those vignettes, but that is fucking brilliant. It was very good. Right? And I'll tell you why, right? Because you basically, what, what, what WWE was portraying, whether they meant to or not, was having a human being, a good, positive human being, who was slowly corrupted yeah. by shittier and shittier situations. Correct. 
right? The environment they were in and the environment they were in being the United States of America. Indeed. Where for what, for, 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 because, because of the fact they were not from there, they spoke differently, different scout skin, they were in situations that, that kind of made them feel worse and worse and worse. And turning this person from this friendly, oh my God, I can't wait to debut to, I fucking hate this place. Like you guys are the worst. And so what's interesting is so when he did debut, he debuted as a heel, right? Being booed. Eventually, yeah. Right. So you think about you think about how complex that is, right? Where where you have this character who was actually a good person, yeah, but ended up being corrupted by society. Mm-hmm. And yet it was way ahead of its time. Exactly. But yet the the audience saw this person as a as a bad guy. I want and I wonder how many people in the audience thought about that journey, right? Of, of Hassan, of Muhammad Hassan going from. It was a radicalization of sorts. Exactly. Like how many people thought about the radicalization and radicalization, not by some other force, not by say like ISIS or whoever, but by this person being so badly treated in, in this new country. Yep. So, Let's let's take a step back and just talk about all the stereotypes, right? So you had the Mr. Fuji's and all the other great Japanese wrestlers or characters, right? Uh, who got the Oriental treatment oh, yeah, of being yeah, like yeah. exotic people, like spitting uh, green green mist. Mi- green mist out of their eyes or having like funny hats and contraptions and all that stuff. You obviously have always had the Russians uh, or, or like anybody from Eastern Europe, basically always bad be, guys, being the yeah. Soviet Union uh, or in the case of Rusev, the Putin loving, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, anti-Americans there in the Middle East. Yeah. Anyone with the, even the slightest like olive skin or Middle Eastern heritage, you know, even if they were Christian Americans, basically uh, like the iron Sheik, uh kind of being like, okay. I, I mean, this was all, again, it was all results of the times as well. Right. I, Iron Sheik was Gulf War. Oh, yeah. um, Social commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, all the, the Volkovs and all those other big Russian athletes the the, during War. the Cold War. Uh, Rusev during Putin, Trump, American elections, exactly. all of that stuff. So you have all of those uh, with the Muslims. I think uh, they've pretty much, maybe with the exception of Sami Zayn, always had that, uh, you know, stereotype attached to them. Sami Zayn's Muslim? Oh, yeah. He's, he's Syrian, uh, Syrian Muslim. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. As far as I know, if this turns out to be false, edited it out. But he is definitely Syrian heritage, grew up in Canada and everything. Okay. Uh, but Syrian heritage and Muslim, well, I d- believe. Disclaimers, we're not sure, so we're not confirming this. Yeah. But okay. If, but if anyway. it's true, keep it. If it's false, edit it out. He's definitely Syrian heritage. Got it. May okay. or may not be Muslim, but I'm pretty sure he's Muslim. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or at least by uh, culture and heritage, by if not by belief. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, they, they get the Muslim treatment, which will eventually bring me to Mustafa Ali and why I love him. But uh, Jinder Mahal was in some ways a welcome break in the sense that he leaned into the Indian identity to some extent, modern day Maharaja, he had the Bollywood boy supporting him. But he just said, hey, I'm from India and I have like 1 billion people supporting me, even though they didn't because he was the heel. Uh, I actually like that. That was pretty fresh. But um, we'll we'll talk about, I think, wrestling in South Asia, wrestling in India and who they like and who they don't like a bit later. But representation-wise, you have Mustafa Ali now. I don't know if you watched like the latest uh, Raw talk and stuff like that, but he's actually like forcing the other people to pronounce his name correctly. 
and you know talking about how oh, guy named Mustafa Ali wouldn't be allowed to succeed. Dude, they 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 because at one point they changed his name from Mustafa Ali to just Ali. Just Ali. Yeah, because yeah. like they were like, oh, we can't push our Mustafa. Yeah, and and, and I love Mustafa Ali also because he's like half Indian and half Pakistani, so there's generally a lot of unity. And he's very open on always talking about how he's going to refuse to play a stereotypical uh, brown man, brown man character on WWE. It's always going to be a lot more progressive than I that. I love that. Yeah. So, and by the way, we've only spoken about nationality so far, but it's as far as representation goes. Yeah. women yeah. uh women's revolution women's evolution obviously massive they've gone from lingerie pillow fight to being the main event of wrestlemania yeah. in a pure athletic lingerie contest lingerie jelly fucking pillow fights yeah. to to mud fights yeah bikini yeah. contest exactly right to like full on yeah like re- being treated as the actual athlete i was there years. i was uh, ringside wrestlemania 35 i watched the main event With becky, becky charlotte and yeah, yeah. uh ronda rousey it was it's just brilliant to watch obviously women have come a long way many people have spoken a lot about that there's one more thing i want to mention though on this topic on of representation uh do you remember do you remember chuck palumbo and billy gunn of course that was an amazing gay couple storyline which eventually got ruined because they yeah. like oh one of them was just pretending i don't remember who was pretending now but the way they portrayed that wholesome kickass lovely i don't know it was 2003 or something uh that was great and we haven't actually seen something quite as good since then yeah so they actually had some um uh i think recently it was um oh, what's her name um sonia deville sonia deville hmm. so sonia deville is actually actually gay yeah right and then, she used to wear her rainbow colors yeah, yeah and then and then they were trying to push a storyline between two other female wrestlers recently I think Bailey and Sasha Banks looked like they were going down a lesbian was, angle at some or, point or it was um it was Lana and some I, I can't remember Oh that's right it was when Lana and Rusev were uh, sorry Lana and uh, Bobby Lashley were getting married yeah. they had uh, Liv Morgan come out and claim that she was yes, in love with yes, Lana with right Lana yeah. correct right yeah and I, and I remember reading some criticism about like Why wouldn't they use um, like Sonya Deville in a storyline in a in a positive way, right, to push this? Uh, but again, we'll talk about the internet community around wrestling later. Yeah. But yeah, to your point, so we we, we were talking about um, we're talking about representation. We were talking about nationalities and ethnicities. Talking about gender and even sexuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's good to see WWE come a long way and be like also. within the programming itself right i think this is important because okay we all know wwe does charity work we all know they have outreach programs the yeah. be a star program yeah. talking about bullying in schools and all that other stuff like uh, cancer research and all, all that stuff uh, what i like is that these days it's a prominent part of their programming uh so they actually show that this is what we stand for this is what whereas back in the day the only thing they would really include as part of the programming was don't try this at home which i can tell you we definitely did oh my god i will get to that later how many moves my brother and i try on each other but uh sorry what, what the, the random noises you guys are hearing uh pratish and i refilling our um, our mezcal glasses cheers cheers um that's like stone cold's theme song going to start there Amazing loss, but but no. Going back to um, women wrestlers, right? Um, it's actually been fantastic to see, man. Like I'm surprised at how seemingly the flick of a switch, the actual wrestling ability has skyrocketed. But I but I'm pretty sure 
they were they would have always been good if given the right opportunities. Right? Look, when you're when you're hiring people mm-hmm. to just take off their clothes and look pretty, you're you're hiring a very different set of people. That's true. Than That's people true. who can do a flip, a backflip, and then kick out and, and do all these all do all very athletic things. I'm not saying that the women in wrestling now are not not attractive. That's not what I'm. That, that's not my point. Look at Mandy Rose. No, my my point is Alex like of this. Yeah, my point is like you can you can you you can find people who can do everything, right? Yeah, like that. It's like being so an actor. Or let's, an actor. let's say what, who would normally be considered the best female wrestlers uh, back in the day, Trish Stratus and Lita, right? I, to my mind, they were fantastic. They were great, but to my mind, uh, feel free to disagree with me on this. But the best Trish and Lita match is not even close to what Sasha Banks and Charlotte can put together and, and, now. And again, but like, but I, you can also argue that you probably wouldn't have a, a Sasha Banks and a Charlotte oh, if you didn't have a generation of leader. They paved the way. Exactly. Paved the way. Exactly. Because right? like, forget. If, so, if, but that, if, that was if, my point. I think. If you look what, back what, even further though. Like, where, where the women have like really, I think, blown my mind is how quickly they've become amazing. So good. Yeah. Like without, you know, having the same legacy of Oh, for sure. Uh, for sure. And, and, and I, think, yeah. I think it's also just a function of women wanting to show that they can be just as good yep. or even better, right? So they, they have the right talent to just be like, we, we, we can kick ass. And it's good that the WWE have given them like a platform to do this, uh, considering the history of, of women in wrestling, right? Like we said, pillow fights, bra and panty matches were a real thing. Right, and you saw something like Trish. That's Stratus. when I became a man. And, and no, to your point about like the the, the base instincts, or the base needs of their core audience, they're mostly like young guys, right? Oh, it's you at Stone Cold hitting his boss with a steel chair. You know, you had women stripping, uh, hardcore wrestling. I mean, it was all appealing to that demographic. Right? Yeah. Who didn't want to see their boss getting? You know, who didn't want to hit their boss as hard as they could with a yeah. foreign object? Yeah. But I, I think they've, they've, they've seen that with this new breed of, of women wrestlers that they can, they don't have to go down that path with women and still have a great fucking product, right? Still Absolutely. Have, like uh, when you see Bailey and Sasha Banks, not just in the ring, but on the mic, right? Beautiful. Bailey's so good, man. She's so good. In the the little things they do. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Just even, even like uh, I'm a big Alexa Bliss fan. Uh, who is right? it? Especially big, now. Yeah. Right and 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 Becky Lynch with the she cut some awesome promos. Uh, I like her accent too. Yeah. Like she cut some great promos. Char- I mean Charlotte. Charlotte I can was, lay, in my mind, a legitimate claim to being the, the best, best performer in WWE, male or female. Yeah, she. I mean, like she's athletic. She can cut a great promo. She has swagger. It's not easy. I would say it was probably not easy being Ric Flair's daughter. People, people probably tell her that. Oh yeah, you only got a leg up because of Ric Flair's daughter. wrestling is a family business at this stage. And, and did she get an in? Of course. But to live up to a legacy like that, man, is not easy. Surpass, I would. Well, okay, it's only to say surpass. No, no, Ric po- Flair has a my, strong my, body. Yeah, my, but my point is like, you can't. It, it's so difficult to get out of the shadow yeah. of, of somebody as legendary as Ric Flair. But I think Charlotte's done that. She's her own person, right? I don't, I don't look at Charlotte and go, oh, that's Ric Flair's daughter. Mm. I look at Charlotte and go, like, that's somebody who can kick some ass, right? The best. Yeah. And like, and even in fucking Oscar, right? Oh, Asuka is so kick-ass. So the fact, and the fact that she can be so good what? without speaking English. 
Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. She's like cutting promos in Japanese. She's yelling. Yeah, it's great to see how far Japanese wrestlers have come I've in WWE. Yeah. From Nakamura to Asuka to so many others, Kairi Sane, Io Shirai. Kairi, yeah, exactly. They're not. They're not a caricature, right? They're. They're like. They're like. We're not. We're not. There's no Mr. Fuji of, going yeah, on here. Yeah. We're not making fun of you because you're Japanese and you can't speak English. We recognize the fact that you can kick some ass. Akira Tozawa, yeah. even. Yeah, and 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 that's a, and to me that's a testament of like how wrestling has evolved. And hopefully how the audiences have evolved as well, right? Like it's no longer funny to, to laugh at somebody because they can't speak English or because they have a different accent, right? Yeah. But like how good are they in the ring? Can we work with that? It's funniest that you remember Tajiri, of course. Yes, of course. So Also with the green, also with the green mist. Yeah, yeah, everybody. So the funny thing about Tajiri though is that he used to go up down the road with a couple of different wrestlers. I'm, I can't forget who. Maybe it was JBL and somebody else. I could be wrong. But basically, Tajiri pulled this practical joke on the guys he used to travel with for uh, a long, long time, basically, where he pretended he couldn't speak English. Uh, Amazing. So, like, the people he was traveling with, so that he didn't have to talk or actually do any of the work, whether it was, like, checking into hotels or anything like that. He pretended even to them that he couldn't speak English for the longest time, even though he could speak perfect English. That's that's hilarious because can you imagine the amount of dirt they probably got on everybody as they were talking shit about each other or just like saying very personal things to to close friends? Yeah. And Tajiri was like, oh, no, nah, Tajiri, Tajiri does not William Regal. It was William Regal because Tajiri and William Regal are really good friends. And okay. like, they used to travel together and so on. I think it was William Regal who mentioned yeah. the story. Yeah. But no, like for the, for the most part, I am, I am glad to see uh, women being treated uh, better and more fairly. I think I think I mean I'm not I'm not, I'm not you and I are not African American, but I would I would I would say that like African Americans would also say that there's been a better treatment of, of African American wrestlers and how they're portrayed. I mean Kofi Kingston was the first black WWE champion. Now the rock is half black, half Samoan. It clearly identifies Hold on. That can't be true. Mark Henry became world heavyweight champion, not WWE yeah. champion. Uh Farouk in his day was uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but AWA champion or oh, whatever, still yeah, wasn't yeah. WWE champion. But that WWE championship belt before Kofi Kingston was never held by... Is that is that is that true? A black person. Yeah, that is true. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I mean, there's an additional thing to that where Kofi Kingston was actually born in Africa. Yeah, uh, in which, Ghana. Which, yeah, in Ghana, which is, you know, uh, whatever. You can interpret that in many ways, but uh, yeah. As far as I know, and I'm reasonably confident that this is true, is the first black, black man to hold the WWE championship, not the World Heavyweight Championship. Wow. Because Booker T, World Heavyweight Championship. Five times, five uh, times. Yeah, yeah. The WCW champion and yeah. then World Heavyweight Champion on SmackDown. Yeah. Mark Henry, only World Heavyweight Champion on SmackDown. Uh, neither of those two were the WWE champion, champion. Which... Let's be honest. Was usually seen as the superior belt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because 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 uh, the other one came from WCW, right? It's basically like you want to make sure that your belt is slightly higher. That's- yeah, I mean, it was introduced in uh, WWE when Brock Lesnar went over to SmackDown, and then Eric Bischoff brought in that belt to give to Triple H. Right. Uh, you know, like the history is complicated, but then. Even when Booker T and Mark Henry won that belt, it was on SmackDown, which very much was the B show at that time. Yeah, I mean it's changing, but yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 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 now true. they're pretty cool. 
So, yeah. but that's interesting, right? So we're saying like that, look, it's clearly that clearly women are doing better uh, in wrestling in terms of representation, but, but ethnicity wise, nationality wise, there still seems to be a bit of a ways to go, right? It's, 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 Ethnicity wise, I say, look, Samoans are clearly doing great. Yeah. Mexican uh, or Latino wrestlers, I think Fair. since the time of Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, yeah. you know, if they have what it takes, like today yeah. you have Andrade and... Uh, Again, not, not, not caricaturized to, to be a joke, but like yeah. a serious... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they're all doing pretty well. Uh, South Asian characters are evolving with Jinder and Mustafa Ali. But okay, but okay, I'll push, I'll push back a bit. Even, even Eddie Guerrero's character, Eddie Guerrero is phenomenal, very phenomenal. But his character was basically, what do they say? I, 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 I lie, I cheat, I steal, uh-huh. right? Which was, which was a pretty shitty stereotype of what Mexican people are supposed uh, but, to but, be. But, but, but it, it was, uh, are you saying it's more it? ta- like tongue in cheek? It was tongue in cheek, right? He was a face for the longest time. Uh, you know, when he beat JBL and became, uh, or, or when he was champion before JBL and everything, he was the good guy. Yeah. He was the good guy. And I think that's an important distinction to make. The I lie, I cheat, I steal Eddie Guerrero was a good guy. Okay. You know, so still so tongue in cheek and not be taken seriously. Yeah. And, you know, I think it worked well. It, it was more like a celebration, not of cheating and stealing and lying Mexicans, but of more like, you know, he would do his dancing and speak, like call people homes in essay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is all, all that's all that's It was great. a bit of a celebration almost. Yeah, and all that's great. All that's and great. Rey Mysterio, for example, has always been beyond reproach. Rey Mysterio has been phenomenal, right? Like, Best high fire of all time, of yeah. course. And and he, he set the stage for it to be a mainstream thing, right? Yeah. And like to be that small and then become... Alberto uh, Del Rio was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, when Alberto Dario was was champion, I think I'm pretty sure he was a heel. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, it came more. I see Alberto Del Rio was like handsome, and how do I say? It's hard to like him. You look at his face; it's hard to like him. <laughs> yeah, you know, some people have that, that face you just want to like like slap. Like slap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah posh. Yeah. It's too posh. Yeah, 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 I hear you saying. But I, I guess what I'm what, I, what I'm getting at is that in I would have to probably go down and actually count the count the numbers here but uh, while, while women have been improving I, w- I would say that overall ethnic, ethnically speaking or even nationality speaking like while say Indians or non-Americans were given um, the opportunity to be champion and when I say non-Americans I think I'd be very specifically say if you were non-white American mm. right look I think you also need more representation in probably like the creative teams and things like that. Right? It's not only about the talent that we see yeah. in the ring. Because let me take the example of uh, Sunil Singh and I've, I've forgotten his brother's name. I did that in Sunil oh, Singh. Those, and those two guys who follow Sunny and Sunil, whatever it the, was. The guys who follow Jinder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jinder is cadets. I'm so sorry. Don't make sure you don't include this in the podcast. Uh, but. Uh, they they came into NXT as the Bollywood boys. And Jinder, after he was champion, had this yoga gimmick, right? Of uh, giving people inner peace and saying all, namaste and all that stuff. Yeah. So I think you also need like better creative, in a sense, to yeah. come on and you yeah. know introduce more interesting storylines from and, and, that perspective. And representation and in characters. a better way. Like, you know, like, so for example... 
I actually like what they're doing with Roman Reigns right now, right? Which is which is they're taking this whole tribal chief thing very seriously, but they're making that it's like Samoan culture, but playing out in WWE, you right? know, in a cool, respectable way, and not in a not in a jokey fucking like I'm laughing. This is this is like ridiculous way. Boy, right? yeah, totally right. So, and I think that's what seems to be. And to your to your point, it could just be like. A lack of representation in the, in the, with the writing staff, with free. We don't know right? that. Yeah, I mean, we don't. we don't know that. For all we know, that it's pretty well. Yeah, balanced. right. So, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Like wrestling is a is a global product. Yeah, their their bulk of their audience is in the U.S. They probably make the most money their revenue in the U.S. But I think it 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 transcends. Right, it, it goes beyond just the U.S. Everybody everywhere knows who John Cena is. I'm pretty sure most of the globe today knows who Roman Reigns is. I right? was in Kashmir. Uh, like no, hiking like, up a mountain dude, in Sri Lanka. There's a Sinhalese song called John Cena something. Ah, lovely, lovely. No, so I, I was, uh, you know, I was in Kashmir hiking up a mountain, like right, basically going up to a glacier. And my guide was this like pretty young dude, 19 or 20 years old. And uh, I asked him, he's like, you know, do you watch TV and stuff? What do you watch? And he's like, uh, look. Cricket, I only really watch India versus Pakistan matches, but what I really love to watch is WWE. And, uh, you know, it was beautiful. I had talked about WWE with him and everything. And I'm like, so who do you like? Like, who's your guy? And he's like, Roman Reigns. I don't care about missing anybody else, but I make sure I always watch the Roman Reigns matches. And, uh, you know, it's a thing. And John Cena was that for the longest yeah. time in India. Uh, John Cena and Roman Reigns have by far been the biggest stars in India. Um, and I would venture to say in South Asia as a whole, like people love that kind of character, the strong, ethical man. It might be boring to American audiences, but to South Asian audiences, that's their concept of a hero. The good even guy, now. Like, 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 like that, the legit... Good like, looking, strong, like ethical. Khan, like Rajnikanth, sort of like, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like infallible. It's like a you, hero. You can't corrupt them. Basically, it's yeah. a hero. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's mythological almost, right? And yeah, they just love seeing that kind of character. And, you know, they love and they idolize those people. And I mean, wrestling, I, I'll have you know, by the way, that as of now, uh, stats do suggest that the WWE channel on YouTube boast of over 60 million subscribers and whatnot now gets more viewership from India than it does from the US. So this is what I'm saying, right? So like you don't think that having a face brown or Indian champion and it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be like India versus say a bad guy who's from the US and that's how they're pushing this person. I'm just talking about somebody who is like ethnically brown, like some South no, Asian. But it's funny because... And not a gimmick. It's funny not, because... I would say that even if Jinder Mahal was a face, let's hypothetically assume that. But Jinder Mahal wasn't a, was very good. Like I, I, I actually think he's underrated, but I know I'm in the minority here. So, I it, think Jinder is great. Maybe I'm being unfair and, and he wasn't used properly. Yeah. Right. But I'm, but I'm saying like like in he was among his peer set, you probably wouldn't call him the best who was around, right? Like so when he fought Randy Orton, for example, like Randy yeah. Orton, you would say is better than Jinder Mahal. I mean, Randy Orton's a living legend. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so my point is like, you need, you need to find somebody who's good and elevate them to the right position. So my, again, with Jinder Mahal, let's say, let's say we were patient with Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Right. And then waited, elevated him some more, really pushed him, made him champion as a, as a face, I think would have done way more for yeah, him. Which is, and I look, I think there's no way that 
people in WWE didn't think of that, right? I don't think Jinder was made champion to appeal to the Indian market. I think Jinder was made champion because he was a good heel. He was a fresh face and a good heel. I think that's why he was champion for as long as he was champion. And that's all there is to it. Because any data, even the simplest Google trend search will show you that Indians love John Cena, love Roman Reigns, and Jinder is not even in you know, the same galaxy of popularity when it comes to that. The only person who is, by the way, was the great Kali. Indians love the great Kali. And by the way, there is an important distinction to make where the great Kali is Indian, Indian. Yeah, yeah. He's like from Jinder, there. Jinder like is still Canadian. Bread. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, look, my, my, my point is that we spend so much time in, like, um, caricaturizing or, like, just making, trivializing, like, culture, right? Making it a joke. Yeah. Making it a punchline. Right? Although, so, I, I want to make one interjection here. Very, very quick one because yeah. it doesn't deserve too much time. But you spoke about like the tribal chief, Samoan culture, Roman Reigns, Jeyoso storyline, right? Great Kali and was it Ranjit Singh doing the whole Ranjit Singh was his brother-in-law because he'd married like Kali's sister. And then Kali was forced to do his bidding because the family honor was at stake and so on. That was an extremely South Asian storyline. I can't remember that. Won't spend too much time on it, but it deserves a mention it because it was an extremely South Asian storyline. Yeah, but my point is, you don't have to take every single thing that's South Asian or, or take the worst of what's South Asian and make that into a storyline, right? And and again, I'm, I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm talking about utilizing a South Asian wrestler and making them a, a formidable face. Uh, and, and authors have- of pain? Yeah, AOP, yeah. Yeah, Akam and Rizar, right? Yeah. So one was Albanian what, what and the other was Canadian Indian. What happened to them? I think they got released eventually. Okay, like they were with Seth Rollins for a long time and yeah, then they yeah, fucking yeah. disappeared, right? I think, they went, I think it's like the COVID thing, right? I think it just hit a lot of people. Right. But I remember, uh, you'll have to edit this part out, but because I never <laughs> know which one was which, but whichever one of them, Akam or Rizar, was the Punjabi dude, like he would uh, speak Punjabi in the ring like as part of the match, like in as part of the character. Like I remember him in like NXT takeover matches and on Raw and stuff like that. Like no selling his opponent's move and being like, Tusi kuchni kar sakte ho and something, you know, speaking Punjabi in the what ring. Is, what would that mean? This means you can do nothing to me. You are powerless in front of me and stuff like that. It was, it was damn chill. Yeah. No, like, so, okay. I guess what I'm trying to say is, as, and, that's, and that's great, right? But again, heal. Yeah. Right, heal. So like, why does why does this, why does Brahman have to be the bad guy, and why 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 can't Mustafa Ali was faced pre-retribution? He was, but I mean, he, he got injured for the elimination chamber. Otherwise, Kofi Kingston story could have been the Mustafa happened. Ali story. Could have, could have, right? But also, Mustafa Ali was was changed from Mustafa to Ali, and like so so many things. That was part of a drive, though. A lot of wrestlers suddenly became like half their names, right? But again, we 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 can't we can't move forward with a. This could have been. It hasn't happened yet, right? So my point is that we haven't seen a legitimate, like South Asian option or brown man be champion. I mean, I'd love to see also and a face at yeah. that. Yeah. I, to be fair, though, I think it is worth mentioning that obviously the ratios are different, right? Like it's probably uh, ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine to one in terms of the ratio of Again, actual wrestlers. Fair, fair, yeah. fair, but. 
when they did have chances, they're almost always healed and almost always some sort of like some weird stereotype. Yep. And that's my point. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see so so I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that, or we, that there definitely needs to be like a non-white uh, champion all the time. No, that's all I'm Look, saying. I think, I think the monster heel is the right character for the great Kali anyway. So sure, the, he, sure, yeah, fair, right. But I, I still think someone like Jinder could have been a really good face because I, I, I think so. Okay, I, I, maybe he was just such a good heel to me that I really can't imagine him as a face. But yeah, point taken, point taken, still. And like you know, but again, you don't have to be a face overnight. You can build into it. Yeah, right. You can build into it. But yeah. So anyway, we were been like, isn't it crazy to think that Heath Slater? It's the only man out of the three-man band, man. out of three-man band who hasn't been WWE uh, champion. Dude, now. I, I, I've thought about that so many times. Where like I, I see uh, three-man band, <laughs> and then I, this is Drew McIntyre, who's a legit fucking badass. Now he's like the Scottish Terminator. <laughs> yeah, right. And then there's there is uh, uh, Jinder Mahal, whatever you have to say about him. He did become champion, and then there is um, Heath Slater. Poor guy. Poor, poor guy. I mean, they did bring him back up. They released him to get killed by Drew McIntyre, <laughs> champion. Oh, I, I do want to say one last thing on this topic, though. Uh, one last sentence before we wrap this up. Eddie Guerrero, right? The one distinction I'll give to Eddie Guerrero, and this is, I think, a fact. To this day, he's been the only intelligent babyface. Explain yourself. Good guys in wrestling are always dumb. They're the most easily cheated, easily uh, duped, easily tricked people of all time. People yeah. you'll ever meet. Like bad guys are able to pull every trick on the book on them. Eddie Guerrero has been the only smart good guy ever. So there was a shout out, like or at least like a like an homage to Eddie Guerrero recently. Yeah, with Ricochet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against yeah. Ricochet, the Hurtlocker, right? Ricochet, who is just unbelievable. Yeah, Ricochet. I, I have a Ricochet. Uh, I wore my Ricochet T-shirt to WrestleMania 35. I, th- I think he's severely underused and under 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 underrated. Well, it's funny because he he actually got a world championship match against Brock I Lesnar. Mean, Brock Lesnar destroy yeah him. sure that was always gonna happen yeah that was always gonna but he got there then suddenly there was like a in squash steps back yeah. and and everyone's like what did he do to you, 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 can't deny, you can't deny ricochet he'll be back where he belongs Dude, he's, he's, i think i think what i've heard or what i've read is that paul Heyman is also a big fan of him and thinks that he's he's, he's very good again i might be wrong i might have misread or misheard that but I, I like Ricochet is awesome like the way he moves he's the ring unbelievable. um like he 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 is he is truly the one and only. And he could be a legit small guy champion. I'm right? with Ricochet every step of the way. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy. I'm ha- if, you, if you told me that Ricochet can be champion in the next month, I'd be like, cool, I can buy into that. Yeah. Right? Because he's, but they need to make him less corny. Like, so like, like Ricochet, when that, that shit he did, like that, that Eddie Guerrero style stuff that he did, I thought it was cool. Yeah. Right? But that, but that real life superhero, whoosh, like, to, like, like it's core cheesy. There's a hurricane coming through. That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> like fucking Rosie and Hurricane, right? Yeah. Like, like, but because he actually looks cool. Like the, the shit he does is so badass, and he doesn't need to be cheesy. He just he just just lean lead into being a badass, right? It'll happen. It'll all happen. We've become more impatient, though. You know, we saw how many years of Chris Benoit. Oops. Before, before, yeah. how many years of Eddie Guerrero? How many years of Edge? You know, how many years and years of Jeff Hardy? 
you know, before they got to the top of the singles card. We need to be more patient. And no, no, hold on. I, do we need to be more patient? Yes, we do. I don't disagree with that. But uh, some, like Jeff Hardy, you mentioned Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy was amazing in the tag team division. Yeah. It's not like he was shit and then all of a sudden became this amazing singles competitor. Undertaker, that ladder match with the Undertaker Fuck, is what started his career. Yeah, and Raw. And then when yeah. he lost, Undertaker came back and lifted up his yeah. arm. Like, oh my God, amazing, right? But like, my point is, my point is, um, I feel like wrestlers back in, back in the day, again, maybe I'm like imagining this because I loved wrestling as a kid and, and I'm just like, you know how some memories are better than they actually were? Roast tinted glasses. Exactly. Roast tinted yeah. glasses, right? So maybe I'm seeing them roast tinted glasses. But but um, back in the day, you had your singles competitors who were great. But then you also had fucking legit tag team tag team competitors. Well, yeah. Right? Which which you don't see today. Like, mm, no, you don't. You it don't. ebbs and flows. It ebbs yeah, and flows. But that's what I think. Like, who are like legit tag teams? You have the Usos, the New Day, Eric and Ivar, the Viking Raiders. I love, I, I, I love. Uh, Eric and Ivar are not around. Sorry? Eric and Ivar are not around. Some injury stuff. Yeah. No, right. I love those guys. Uh, Which guys? Uh, what are their names, man? Uh, we want the smoke. Oh, um, Street Profits. The Street Profits. Yeah, you know. Street Profits, Viking Raiders, Usos, New Day. Uh, there, there are good. Ta- uh, th- th- we had. Uh, okay, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me rephrase. Dash let me, Wilder. Let me, and, let me rephrase. Yeah. There's the revival good, for a long time. Let me rephrase. Is good talent really bad booking? Hmm. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I'd say yeah. The tag team division does go through its phases of yeah. bad booking. Yeah. Right. So, talent wise, fine. I'm not. Yeah. Good talent, bad booking, right? Because like the tag team division, for whatever reason, doesn't seem like it's given the same level of importance or same level of like awesomeness that it had when like I was a kid. Like, like when I watched like Edge, like, Edge and Christian, Edge wasn't a, a single star. Edge was a was a was a tag team with Christian, right? But when, I I never, I mean, we can disagree on this. Until Edge no, became a single if star. If we disagree, then I hate you. That's that's how life works today. I, I love Edge. <laughs> I love Edge, of course. But uh, until he became a single star, when he was attacked him with Christian, I don't remember thinking, yeah, this guy should be WWE champion. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I genuinely enjoyed watching them in tag team matches. Yeah. And they were great tag team matches. Oh, yeah, we wouldn't have TLC today if it wasn't for the Hardy not. Boys, Eddie not. Christian, and, yeah. and, and the Dudley Boys, right? So my point is like today, like the tag team division isn't given the same love that the singles division is. And we're not building these like awesome sets of like tag teams who who can hold on their own matches, right? So basically, like like now, like any tag team match is a fucking pre-show, right? That is true. And actually, what I point to is like a couple of years ago during the peak Usos versus New Day era, they put on classic after classic on the pre-shows. Yeah, but again, it's a pre-show. Yeah, it, it should be the pre-show. They should, not, they should not have been the pre-show. Yeah, but they put on classic after classic. Like any any championship match should not be the pre-show. What I do see them trying to revive now is like the tag team that's like two singles competitors coming together. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I feel like that because those Why? Ta- uh they end up being quite entertaining in a sense where 
it's actually like beneficial in the sense that they don't get booked in as like nobodies because they're still keeping their individual personalities. But like that's... Cesaro and Sheamus, the bar was amazing fair, fair. during this time. You have Dolph Ziggler and uh, Bobby Roode today. Haven't been quite as great as the bar just yet, but they'll get there. But hopefully. that's but that's I feel like they do that because like okay, I can't think of anything else to do with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna chuck you in a tag team and you're gonna be, you're gonna compete. In tag I, team, I think right? it helped the bar immensely, both of them. Yeah, but Sheamus is always a great, like a great competitor. He, he was he was a multiple time champion even before that. He right? was floundering though at that time, I would say. Yeah, but like, okay, think think about the fact that like back in the day, like with the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, and Ed it's and been Christian. done before, by the way. RVD and Kane, Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle, Randy Orton and Edge. This is not a new thing. Like this has been done a number of times. Sure, it might not be a new thing. Jericho and Edge. Yeah, I mean, like Randy Orton and uh, and I think was it the Undertaker or no? No, no, never. Randy Orton was it John Cena? Anyway. As attacked, it was rated RKO, right? Randy uh, rated Orton R- and, and Edge, so. yeah, <laughs> crazy. But like, yeah, I'm not saying it hasn't been done before. How do you get on this topic? Tag team wrestling in general. No, no, but how how do we get onto tag team wrestling from like um, missed like underrepresentation? Like, how 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 do we get here? I've lost my train of thought. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's what happens when you have too much mezcal. Yeah, hey, someone, someone will get, someone will figure it out. But like, like okay, I guess what I was trying to say was that I feel like the the, the tag team division isn't given the same amount of love it should be given, and I think that we aren't spending enough time developing good tag teams. Like, like okay, I'll give you a great example: is fucking. Uh, Taka and Otis. Mm-hmm. Heavy machinery. Yeah. Why did we break heavy machinery up? Uh, oh, why, no, we. Why did they break heavy machinery up? It didn't make sense, right? That that storyline didn't seem to be going anywhere. Uh, especially after, I mean, they were anyway going to give up uh, the Otis's money in the bag briefcase to uh, to uh, the Miz. Yeah. Well, now now Otis and Tucker are fighting, right? Because Tucker betrayed him. Yeah, I I, I, I get that. But then, then Tucker was a, a jobber to uh, to uh, Ricochet on Monday. Did you watch Monday Night Raw? So Tucker came out in brand new attire. Hmm. He didn't look like Tucker. Ricochet beat him in like eighty seconds. Right? Tucker came out with no music, nothing. He was a legit jobber. Speaking of no music, though. Dolph Ziggler's no music thing. Entrances. That was fun. I liked that. I enjoyed that. Okay, let's 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 bring this back to what we were talking about earlier, right? Like yeah. evolution. How like we I think we're we're gonna go down this rabbit hole and I think, we, I think we're almost done with evolution to be honest. No, I think I think one thing I want to talk about is uh is I think athleticism. Okay. Right? I think I think it's it's yeah, I think that's an interesting thing to talk about. I think it goes back to how we were looking at respecting wrestling as an art form as well, right? is we talked about, you know, the mat wrestlers, a lot of respect for that because of conditioning you need to do, right? I think wrestlers have evolved so much to do so much more. Mm-hmm. But you see big guys doing things that big guys should not be able to do. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing, um, you see Roman Reigns and the Undertaker. I mean, the Undertaker is old school, but like you see Roman Reigns jumping over the top rope and doing dives. You see Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre do that. You see Keith Lee doing some insane shit that big dudes should not be able to do. Yeah. Right? So it's incredible to see how much more athletic um, wrestlers are becoming. And I think, I think 
even in terms of like, like body type and stuff, right? Like they're no longer like, like, like just like, I mean, they're big dudes, but I think like the, the, the more athletic build is also being kind of put in the forefront, right? It's not just like, it's not like a Scott Steiner sort of look all the time anyway. That's, that, that's not, that's not what's only expected. Yeah. Look, I think, uh, yeah, I, it's a fair point. I think, uh, there's a number of things I think for sure, you know, the luchador wrestling in WWE becoming more common and the cruiserweight divisions and all of that stuff have introduced a lot of new moves and paradigms into wrestling, uh, which has helped a lot, like starting from even someone like Shawn Michaels being the WWE champion, right? Uh, as like a high flyer yeah, and, and and so on. So I think that's helped a lot. I'll say that there's a certain kind of athleticism that the older guys possess too. Again, in terms of cardio, especially putting on long, long matches. And if you see those matches, uh, again, Ric Flair versus Sting or Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. These are the best examples, but they're not the only ones by any stretch of the imagination. Where they're going for like 40, 45 minutes, no breaks. Like they're going and they're going and they're going. You know, there isn't a nine count, double count out in between kind of thing going on. So they just, they keep going and they keep going. So there was a, what you can call a wrestling fitness even back then. Certainly now, like, you know, you have different like gymming routines and all that. Bodies are more defined. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'd love to know, what you mentioned, like the stuff that the big guys are able to do now, right? The one thing I would love to know is that the big guys of the past, how much stuff were they actually able to do that they didn't do because it didn't fit? Because even now conventional knowledge is like, your big guy is not your athletic guy. He's like the monster who's going to give you a big boot yeah. and chop you down and, uh, you know, just dominate you physically without doing that much, not that much movement. Uh, but you see people breaking that mold. Like Keith Lee is a great example. I'd love to know, like, of the big guys from the past, like, how much were they holding back to fit the archetype? And The Undertaker is a great example because The Undertaker is an athletic dude. Yeah. Like, he could do a lot of stuff, which he simply didn't did, do because yeah. it didn't fit the character. Yeah. So, I'd love to know, like, you know, it's like Brock Lesnar doing the shooting star press. He could always do the shooting star press. But he doesn't always he do doesn't it. He doesn't do yeah. it. He sticks to doing the suplex. Like, it's interesting, you know. But, look, I... um like everyone else, the more athletic stuff they do, the more you marvel at it. It's always fun to see. Because they seem uh, less human. They seem more until like come, going Coming back to what we were talking about right at the start, until it starts looking like it's not real-ish. Uh, you know, so then when you suddenly, when it becomes so choreographed or so uh, clearly unbelievable yeah. that you think, Okay, this is. Uh, I mean, you remember? <laughs> I don't know if you saw this video, but this dude who um, basically didn't touch the other guy, but um, he this video. It wasn't WWE. It was AEW. The one where he thinks the camera's on the other side, so he was pretending to hit him. No, no, no. But where he basically is is controlling this dude by his by his junk. Oh, right. Gosh. Yeah. Like it was just, it was so absurd. Like, yeah, it's once again, there's, there's a place for that kind of comedy in a comedy match, like in I, the lower card, mid card. That's like, that's like, like that's like a 24 seven 
championships sort of match in house shows especially yeah, it's not it's not a it's not a Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre match of course not, of course right that would cheapen that match That's intense. significantly yeah no but like see i see matches like from like indie promotions and stuff where you have like a guy giving a harikarana of the top rope and like the guy who gets the harikarana he flips over and lands on somebody else's shoulder and gives them a harikarana oh yeah, yeah, yeah that that kind of thing which is like you know it's a bit much it's a bit i mean maybe i'm being old fashioned but to me it's like i i admire that they were able to pull it off but it kills my suspension of disbelief cuz it's a little too quirky a little clean a little yeah. too much happening that's fair that's fair but yeah so okay look So we talked a lot about like this the evolution of 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 wrestling. I think one thing that's that's part of the evolution of wrestling the wrestling industry is the internet, right? Mm. And and how uh, the internet community. Yeah. Cancer. Has... It's absolute cancer. So tell me tell me what are your thoughts on the whole internet community? I'm not a fan, you know, when I was a kid and I was suddenly introduced to this when I had like better internet access and stuff like that, I was like, whoa, there's so much more knowledge to be gained here. Everyone knows what they're talking about. They have all this trivia and stuff like that. And as a much more experienced wrestling fan, I've been watching wrestling for 25 years now. Uh, the internet wrestling community, I think what you have to understand first and foremost, is a lot of teenagers, all right, who don't know shit. <laughs> and this is not disrespecting young people or anything like that. It's just stating the fucking facts where... you know they may or may not know what they're talking about but they'll always manage to sound very confident about it um it's very it's a very negative very toxic place and they sound very confident about stuff that they don't know or understand for a long time and to some extent i i, I can sum up my complaints okay um first and foremost there's this trend to like hate on Vince McMahon and WWE creative you know there's a big cognitive dissonance there where they actually love a lot of the stuff that they do because they hate some of it there is like owens is senile and wwe creative has lost it and this and that etc etc which i don't get the other thing is we briefly touched upon earlier is that they think that if you lose a match you're buried and to me this is the clearest indication that you don't understand how wrestling works right being buried or you can lose a match and come out much 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 better jeff hardy undertaker ladder match jeff hardy lost that match it made him a fucking star okay so being buried is not about winning or losing putting someone over is not about winning or losing mm. or momentum it's about how you perform in that match how good do you look uh, you know do you show off your arsenal do you come across looking like a star how do the audience perceive you and all of that stuff so my concerns are like yeah they take wins and losses far too seriously especially on draws and smackdowns it's it's insane how seriously they take that and the overuse of the word buried in that sense second thing is they're far too negative about far too much overreacting to the smallest things always complaining right even when they can't help but really like something you'll hear them say they better not fuck this up or knowing wwe they will fuck this up like there's no reason for this pessimistic attitude frankly well there is right because they're they try to push their own channels they try to push their own videos their own clips um so you have to you have to say something contrarian or say something provocative you can't just be like yeah this episode was amazing every single time right so i i would i, I think there's there's a little bit of of that which is like i have to be a little contrarian hmm. to 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 resonate to have a point of view right like cuz otherwise what's the point yeah 
and then there's this whole thing about like loving the independent underdog kind of thing going on where uh like the internet wrestling community don't get me wrong like for all my complaints they are i guess the most passionate wrestling fans to the to a large extent they spend a lot of their time on it and you know they love to talk about the indies and all that stuff that's supposedly better than wwe i don't buy it uh, to a large extent uh which is a slightly different topic to be honest like my complaints against or not complaints with my analysis of independent wrestling versus so, WWE and all of that stuff but then um i think they, I think, they fall in, sorry but they, they fall into this trap i feel of thinking that every match needs to be a 45 minute twisting and turning kicking out of main moves uh epic where as that's not what a two hour wrestling show is all about and they also kind of fall into the trap of thinking that they are the only target audience which is not the case and look i think i think your whole point of of indie versus mainstream right it's i don't think this is this is systematically wrestling this is this is this is true of any type of entertainment i remember when i was younger uh, in my teens the type of music you listen to defined how cool or not cool you were fair right i mean today i can very openly be like i fucking love the backstreet boys and and i don't really care if people judge me for it or not right but when i was younger i had to like very specific music to be considered cool and a lot of the times that music couldn't be too mainstream it had to be like quote unquote a bit more underground like not if everybody knew about it it was automatically uncool so i i think i think some of that is what you're seeing with this is all indie culture thing because like everybody knows who john cena is right five years ago not everybody who knew knew who say kenny omega was hmm. right and that was cool that you knew who this person was you knew like this person was up and coming or whatever and that you signal that you were kind of deep into it <coughs> bless you thank you right oh <coughs> bless you again so i i think it's coming it's it's stemming it's stemming from that right And then again if you if you talk about um you said the internet community is is very i guess critical but again i think i think that's 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 not unique to to wrestling right the internet community is critical of everything and everyone that's a fair call and then we have we have these people who are just passionate about wrestling and then they they have their own point of view on what wrestling needs to be and uh and i, I think look it's very easy to think back to when we were younger like i remember when uh, ryback came on the scene yeah right and i was like we thought he would be the next big thing dude and i was like this this guy is like is to me he was like stone cold and and goldberg kind of yeah. weirdly melded there was a goldberg chance when he yeah. used to come out right and i thought this guy was going to be awesome right but didn't see it. i was I, i was actually quite critical of of them when they when they when they did this right But at the same time man like I also like I get over things very very quickly like I'm like okay fine like Ryback wasn't the next big thing great who's next yeah uh, and I'll get over it like wrestling I love wrestling I have a lot of fun with it but not enough to like like lose my soul in it where I'm so angry that something didn't happen um uh, and I think that's what a lot of people on the internet forget hmm. like let it go it's it's cool like uh there there's something else being planned in its place you yeah. don't know what it you is you don't know it might be better it might be worse but if you don't like it you you don't have to you don't have to like it yeah right 
um, you can move on, right? So I think that's what I find really interesting about the internet community. But like, I guess it's, no, what, it's, what, I, what, I, what I will say is that a lot of people in the internet wrestling community, they think they're smarks, right? Like they think they know how the wrestling industry works and scripted and storylines are being planned and all of that stuff. But they're really kind of marks in the sense that WWE pushes their buttons and they <laughs> let it get pushed. Like yeah. when they make their favorites lose or, you know, when they make uh, something happen or a particular storyline with like a larger payoff coming in a few months or wh- whatever the case may be. I think a lot of the internet wrestling community doesn't realize that they're feeling the exactly how WWE wants them to feel. Uh, and I mean, you know, I don't know if many people who are like active on wrestling forums and shit like that are going to end up hearing this podcast. But if you're listening right now, you're probably calling me a motherfucker and whatnot. But uh, trust me, trust me, you will realize this eventually. I mean, yeah, it is a billion dollar company. Right? They've, they've clearly done uh, a few things right to get where they are. They, they took on uh, uh, Time Warner. CM Punk is a good example, right? They're like, yeah, CM Punk sure showed them what it's all about. They let CM Punk show them what it's all about. They created CM Punk. They gave him the pipe pipe bomb. bomb, Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing, right? Like, like you honestly don't think that somebody backstage couldn't have cut his mic off. Like, like it's all a work. It's a work shoot. It's all a work, right? Like, yeah, it's like, it's, and, and they're crazy to think, and to believe what every ex-wrestler says, right? Wrestlers who, again, I'm not make, pointing any fingers at anyone in particular, but as a general cautionary tale, wrestlers who are no longer in WWE, who had unfulfilled careers, who, uh, for whatever reason, didn't find the success that they wanted. Oh, going to pick, yeah. Are you going to believe every single thing they say about every little thing? I yeah. wouldn't. I mean, everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. Like, that's what I was taught to believe. That, that, that's what I was taught growing up. Nobody will tell you the exact truth. Everybody will tell you their version of the truth. And that's how they see it. It's not like they're not, they're not, they might not be meaningfully, excuse me, like lying. Yeah. But that's how they see it. But it doesn't mean that that's exactly what happened, right? Yeah, uh, they might believe it, but it doesn't make it true. Correct. Right. So it's, um, so I, I think you're, I think, I, think I, 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 but I do love how passionate the internet can be. Yes, yeah, that's true. I do. That's I do love it. Like, I, I think, I think wrestling is just, uh, wrestling brings out passion in people. Like they just like they just want they. And to me, that's the positive. The positive is that they're passionate about it. And as long as it's never like ugly, um, I'm I'm okay with it. I, you know, like I like I like I don't want people like attacking people because like they believe that Drew McIntyre should be champion over like uh, Randy Orton. Like like Randy Orton has been phenomenal i'm sorry that's aj styles word but randy orton has been phenomenal for the past two years from the matches with uh kofi kingston to the rivalry with edge uh to all the matches with drew mcintyre and his promos and his character uh, randy been awesome over the past two years i would say the past two years have even been the best of randy orton's he's, career he's so good at what he does and he's he's a character who is way better as a heel than a face. Way better. I mean, just like Triple H, right? Like some people. Like the thing some, is, Randy Orton with he's perfect. 
he's athletic he's strong he's big he's handsome as hell he speaks well i mean jbl always says right, if you're going to build a, a professional wrestler from, from the, the ground, ground up, up he'll look like randy orton yeah yeah right so he, that's he's not, he's not he's not off he's not wrong when you're that good it's easy to be uh, i think that's how the audience has changed right it's about relatability a lot more now it's going from like i like i said right like indians don't necessarily relate to roman reigns or john cena but they see a hero and they see a mythical hero they want to look up to that's what audiences were like in america 30 40 years this ago this is this is sorry to interrupt right but this is exactly what's happening in the world today which is like which is we need to look at celebrities like so will smith said this right he said that look when you look at hollywood back in the day who were the the hollywood uh, like actors and actresses were just these like mysterious they had this mystique like and not knowing anything about them was like the most amazing thing that has changed so much today right now so, people are like oh they're just like me exactly and so, they love so, that yeah there, there we go right so now i would say right like we're back in the day people looked at hulk hogan as like the american hero and all of that stuff maybe today they prefer someone a daniel bryan or a cm punk or whoever else that they can relate a lot yeah. more to right and someone like roman reigns and randy orton which funnily enough is exactly where we're at right now in terms of the two champions they're like perfect good looking yeah. strong Beasts. amazing they're dudes, not not right? every average two guy relates to yeah. like they're not relatable for the average guy and the average guy will actually find it easier to hate them partly because he wants to be them yes yeah yeah, yeah. 100 that's 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 great insight so it's 100% yeah. true man um when how do we get here <laughs> we just did we just, we just did. did doesn't matter oh no, no no we were talking about we were talking about the international community right and like yeah but oh okay, jagin what events have you attended what wrestling have you seen in person dude i've seen quite a bit i've seen a few so i used to, i used to live in the us i went to college there right so i've done, i've i've seen a few house shows i've seen a couple raw and smackdowns hmm um but i think my favorite had to have been survivor series oh no way i can't remember what which year? one it was it was when i say so i think it was 2005 don't tell me when shawn michaels triple h cm punk Batista uh, hits Shawn Michaels with the steel chair. Yes. Randy Orton pins him. Yes. Soul Survivor. Yes. Ah, oh, what a Survivor Dude, Series! It was a sick Survivor Series, man. And to see so many freaking legends in the ring at once. Was that was that Team Austin versus Team Bischoff, or was that Raw versus SmackDown? I think it was Raw versus versus SmackDown. I can't remember. I can't remember the the nitty gritty. But um, yeah, Survivor Series. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. But no, you've been to freaking WrestleMania. You've been to the granddaddy of no, the world. No, we'll we'll get to me. But what's been like the best match you've seen live? I think it was that. It was that one. Oh, uh, fair enough. Yeah, it was I, that one. Just because, like, I saw so many of my favorites all in one ring. Mm. And dude, I was I was like a poor ass college student. So it's not like I could afford seats uh, right up front, right? Uh, but recently, when they were in Singapore, um, I how I happened to be traveling at that time. So I went. So Samuel actually bought tickets for for us to go. Samuel, that was the one wife. in which Chris Jericho returned suddenly, right? No, 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 no. The one in Singapore, dude. Yeah, Chris Jericho returned suddenly. No, Chris Jericho wasn't here. It was uh, AJ Styles was there. Drew McIntyre was there. Um, uh, oh, sorry. I think I'm talking about 2018. Okay. So this is this is great because like so because like my. Um, My parents were actually in town, and my dad is a big wrestling fan. Mm. 
And he, so one of the reasons I love wrestling is because I used to love watching it with my dad. Right. And he, he I, I have the same story, but with my elder brother. Yeah. So he's, a, he's still a big fan. Like we, same, <laughs> same, same. We don't talk about a lot except for this. Uh, literally the same thing. Right. Yeah. So like, we don't talk about a lot. We're like, oh, did you watch WrestleMania? Oh, did you see that fight? Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. We and go then, months without talking. And then yeah. when we talk, it's to catch up on everything wrestling. that's like, happening. Oh, did you watch, uh, did you yeah. watch, Mac- did you watch WrestleMania that day? And my dad will wait up. To watch the live event, which will nice. be at like 4 a.m. for him or something like he'll, he'll like it was such a huge deal. I remember the first WrestleMania that was aired live uh, in India, yeah. which was WrestleMania 30, and I did that. I stayed up. No, me too. The, I don't know now because not I not 30. It was 31. So now yeah. I have to go to work, so I don't do that. I I, I I take the Monday of Royal Rumble oh, and, and the Monday of the WrestleMania. I take them off because I just. You know, getting a spoiler for either of those two events oh, just dude, kills my entire year. I don't get on. I don't get on YouTube. The, the, the day yeah, I, look, the thing is, it's too fucking risky, man. Yeah. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. By accident, and, you open and, something and that's it. No, and what's horrible is that my phone is an Android phone, right? Yeah, yeah you get the Google knows. now. Yeah, Google. That. So when I when I scroll left, it's like Google's like Roman Reigns. This I'm like, no, yeah. right? So to get, I again, I. Every other pay-per-view, I'm fine, okay? Yeah. I can somehow, some way, I'll do my best to avoid the spoiler, but if I get it, I'll live. Let's, Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, I don't want to know. Let's you and I watch Survivor Series coming up in like like next month, done, this month. Done, right? Let's done, make done. sure we have a nice viewing party. Bought my soundbar today. Let's do it, man. Yeah. Let's do it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. But yeah. Like, yeah, what I was saying was like, um, and I was telling my wife is that when we, or if we have kids, I would love to do a WrestleMania trip. Like with my kids, it's quite something, man. Eighty thousand wrestling yeah. fans right there, and I don't even know if my kids will like wrestling. Honestly, like the, the reason I like wrestling, they is better my, like wrestling. Like I like wrestling because my dad liked wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, we watched it together, and like I, I got into it. But I watch it. I still watch it a lot. But I watch like those highlights on 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 um, on YouTube, which. My, uh, which, which you can't get into. I, I, well, it's, it's different with COVID and like not the live crowd and everything. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. But my point is like, you get into it when you watch the whole thing. You can't watch a 20 minute version of a three hour show and have the same experience. No, no, as a kid, uh, I can say that I wanted to watch every minute. Yeah. You know, and I loved every minute. For a long time, my parents didn't let me watch it because they were so worried that I would, my brother and I would practice moves on each other. But you eventually did, did anyway. Which yeah. we did, especially the sharpshooter. Ah, yes. The sharpshooter was a popular one. Dude, it's so easy to do, but I was always worried that I would break my brother's spine. Nice. Right? But, uh, but yeah, you were saying, so what about you? Like, tell me about some of your experiences. So I started big. My first ever live wrestling event uh, was uh, Money in the Bank 2015. And who won that one? Uh, who won that match? That's a great question. It was five years ago. It was Sheamus. Sheamus who eventually cashed it in on Roman Reigns. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so money in the uh, Sheamus won the Money in the Bank. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose were the main event in a ladder match uh, for the title. But uh, the crowning. There are two crowning memories from that event that I'll always remember. The first is that during the Money in the Bank ladder match, Roman Reigns was on the cusp of winning, had his hands on the briefcase. The lights went out. 
uh creepy music and sound effects played and bray wyatt showed up standing underneath the ladder in like a leather apron you know like a butch- butcher's apron yeah. and he knocked roman off the ladder and disappeared uh you know that was the start of their storyline so that was pretty amazing to watch like live you know you watch the stuff on tv he was but, but on live the whole lights turn off lights turn on thing it's damn exciting yeah. so i love that but also i was very very lucky to have seen uh john cena versus kevin owens too do you remember the other trilogy of oh, the first, five star the matches first one was when he lost the us championship to correct India. correct correct so i saw john cena versus kevin owens too which was just they brought the house down and uh, i realized you know that day you can just tell it's so good yeah yeah that was amazing so that was my first right since then i've been to a few more so i've seen two uh house shows live shows in delhi uh yeah they travel they travel a lot to the india yeah yeah now they do so uh especially the second time uh the best match was actually like dolph ziggler and tyler breeze put up like a 30 minute technical clinic which was amazing to watch uh so 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 that was super fun that was super fun um the best wrestling match i've probably seen in person was a house show in melbourne uh i saw aj styles versus john cena one week before summer slam uh where they had an all time classic on pay per view one week before that i saw them at a house show in melbourne it was just unbelievable in every way it started off exactly the way summerslam started half the crowd chanting let's go cena half the crowd chanting aj styles yeah. no not cena stuff aj styles and it was just like a five star match in every single way unbelievable match an unbelievable match i'll never get tired of talking about how good that was and you know for someone like me i spent an i spent a number of years as a huge john cena fan and i spent many many years as a john cena hater and then i was like a bit of a john cena convert like 2015 onwards when he said the us open challenge but like yeah no john cena is great again seeing john cena in person and like every time i've seen him he's put on like the match of the night yeah i'm a john cena fan there's no question about it which all leads me to wrestlemania 35 ringside i spent 2000 us dollars for that ticket uh i would do the same i was unemployed at the time <laughs> yeah i might not done the same <laughs> i'm just like fuck this shit i'm going to do this like i had the chance uh i did it new york new jersey technically wrestlemania 35 and even then john cena kind of sort of stole the show because he came out as the doctor of economics to interrupt elias It's amazing. But yeah, WrestleMania there's nothing like WrestleMania. You can hear it as many times as you like on TV or on the WWE network. But they say yeah. there's nothing like WrestleMania, grandest stage of them all. Production value, size of the audience, the set, then people who are around, the whole feeling, 
oh, there's nothing, nothing like WrestleMania. It was, it was amazing. And I mean, you know, Hulk Hogan came out as a surprise. Lesnar lost a title to Rollins. AJ Styles and Randy Orton had a great match. Uh, Becky Lynch won. Becky Lynch won. That was the main event. Close to midnight. By that time, I'd been in that stadium for over eight hours. Uh, but the energy was still epic. Huh? Kurt Angle's retirement match, Batista's retirement match, two of my childhood favorites, right? Both their retirement matches. Uh, you know, Kofi Kingston won the WWE Championship from yes. Daniel Bryan. Another historic moment. So just witnessing all of that is unbelievable. And of course, all night you waited and you waited and you waited for The Undertaker to come out. And he didn't the first time in what, 24 years or something? Who was the match against? He he wasn't there. WrestleMania 35. There was no Undertaker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for the first time in I think like 30 years, basically up. 29 years or whatever. But then I was at Raw. I was at NXT Takeover the previous night, which mm. I should mention. Lovely, lovely event. Beautiful, like hard. It was so good to be just amongst hardcore wrestling fans for one night. As much as I might hate on them, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. The crowd, everything. Yeah. Took my girlfriend along with me. She fell asleep at one point. <laughs> she didn't. But you know what? She fell asleep at one point. But I'll tell you this: Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, two out of three falls for the NXT Championship. By the end of that match, towards the climax of the third fall, she was on her feet, jumping and screaming. Who was she supporting? Uh, she had no clue who any of them were. But obviously, Johnny Gargano was the good guy, right? She was on her feet, cheering and shouting for Johnny Gargano to win That's by amazing. the end of that match. And I was like, "Fuck yes!" The power of wrestling, man. Yes, the power of wrestling. Yeah. So. Then I actually take over the previous night, WrestleMania, and then I was also at Raw and SmackDown. Uh, and so Undertaker did come out at Raw. And, you know, this is something that needs to be said. The power of legacy and the power of history and the power of your body of work. Uh, NXT TakeOver, WrestleMania, Raw, SmackDown. I was there every minute of all of these events, including pre-shows and kickoffs and all the rest of it. And from a pure emotional perspective, from like me not being in control of what I was doing, screaming hysterically, being excited and elated, five minutes of The Undertaker walking down to the ramp, choke slamming Elias, going back, holding up his hand. Those five minutes, like they were, they made my heart burst more than anything else, more than anything else that I saw in all these hours of these wrestling. And, you know, that's what the 30 years of Undertaker is all about. That those five minutes, you know, I was not in control. I was screaming (laughs) and shouting and jumping up and down like a little kid. I was not in control. And The Undertaker made me do that. John Cena made me do that when he came out as the doctor of thugonomics. And, you know, these are the moments what they call WrestleMania moments or WWE moments and more than anything else. That's the thing, right? As, as So even when I watch wrestling today, when I, when I watch my dad, right? Like it's that whole, like, it's so hard to be cool while you're watching wrestling. Hmm. What I mean by that is like, I kind of lose myself. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm like so free to be my own self where I'm just like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever, right? Like it's, it's, um, it's a crazy feeling. It's a crazy, crazy cool feeling. And like that, 
you're right. Like this, you know, when you when you when you, you said you you saw the Undertaker raise his hand up at the top of the ramp, and that just gave you chills. I told I told when we were talking earlier, and I said I didn't watch his live, but when I saw the Undertaker make his comeback at I think it was WrestleMania twenty, 20 yeah, some, yeah, where he came back to fight Kane as the original Undertaker with the Druid, the Dead Man, and the smoke machine and the slow music, dude. It was oh, I I I still to, to this day. That's probably the coolest entrance I've seen at wrestling. Of course. Right? And, yeah, it's like 30 years of one man's hard work that gives you these, like, fucking chills. And, but I, I tell some, my, I tell my wife this, right? Like I, like, I often wonder, what do you think it feels like to be, like, a John Cena or The Rock or The Honor to God Triple when you're, at the, when you're on top of that ramp, when your music hits, like Stone Cold's glass shattering, when your music hits and you walk out and you're on that ramp... Well, Jekin, you should know. <laughs> you should know because... And I believe whoever's listening to this should know that on this man's wedding, he <laughs> walked out to Shawn Michaels' entrance theme song. So if anyone should know what that feels like, it should be you. Except the crowd were a lot more confused <laughs> than going crazy, right? Uh, but no, like, I always wonder, like, like, it must be just insane, just, just absorbing that level of adoration and just, like, people going nuts, right? It must be, yeah. Like, just, just being, I think, the, the, the live atmosphere. I mean, we, 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 I think we get a glimpse of it when we watch it on TV at home. But you're right. And I, and I can't even imagine what it's like being at WrestleMania. But at least being in the smaller shows I've been at, just, you see grown men act like kids. Yeah, no, it's and not amazing. A bad way, not in a bad way. Not in a bad no, way. No, like, no, I'm one of those grown yeah, men acting just like, like kids. Just like being so like kind of involved and engrossed in that environment. It's, it's, Dude, it's I weird, had to man. pinch myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I saw like Triple H come out and do the whole spit entrance and all of that. In front of my fucking eyes, man. Like, yeah. as far as you are from me right now. Kurt Angle coming out. So you had good seats then? Oh, I had really good seats. 2,000 US dollars, man. They buy you a lot. And I had to like pinch myself like, this is real life. You are seeing this happen. Every dream you had as a child <laughs> is coming true. And I'll tell you one thing, like growing up in Delhi as a kid, you know, I'll tell you, you can break this down very easily. Wrestling used to be on star sports in the late 90s. Uh, it used to be like, a few weeks delayed. You never knew how outdated whatever you were watching was. I but you just still love watching that. And then for a couple of years, wrestling wasn't on TV. Nobody had the rights. And then 10 Sports, which was a Z uh, undertaking, they started airing wrestling two weeks with a two weeks delay in India. And that's when it had this big resurgence where like wrestling is back on TV and everybody started watching wrestling. This was the cusp of the ruthless aggression era. Brock Lesnar, Hulk Hogan's comeback. Uh, you know, The Rock, uh, Rock versus Brock, all of that was happening. The 2002 to 2004 old era, everyone was really, really into wrestling all over again. Shawn Michaels has come back and everything. It was in 10 sports for all those years again. Now it's on Sony and everything. I remember all of this so, so vividly. Because like back in that time, you were like 7 to 12 years old. Everybody had a Rock t-shirt or a Stone Cold t-shirt. We were all imitating the moves. We were imitating the entrances. I've put together so many wrestling matches with my friends, with my sister, trying different <laughs> moves. And, you know, uh, 
I I uh, I used to enjoy public speaking even as a little kid I would be in like the fancy dress competition or the elocution comp the debate contest what not I used to watch wrestling and then I would cut the same promos like to myself in the mirror like and yeah Shawn Michaels was always my favorite so yeah. everything Shawn Michaels said I had to watch it once but I was so so into it that I would almost immediately remember everything that he said and I would go to like the bathroom mirror and cut like the exact same promo to myself uh so yeah as a kid you know like wrestling it just inspired so much emotion some people got over it and they're like yeah whatever I don't feel it anymore I still love it I mean yeah man uh I bought a Daniel Bryan t-shirt in 2015 I mean I bought a Ricochet t-shirt when I was at WrestleMania and like NXT takeover it still has that power in me when it's good it's so so good I agree I agree like I when I still see like my my a guy I'm rooting for kick out of a of a of somebody else's ending move yeah. and it's so close and if somebody cuts a good promo or is a surprise ending like all of it it's just it's just it's just beautiful it's a thing of beauty and i i'm i'm glad i enjoy it i'm yeah. glad i enjoy it and i mean and and like actually we deserve i mean wwe deserves a huge huge shout out for keeping us entertained throughout the pandemic without a break you know yeah. they started off with the depleted rosters no crowds performance center they tried it out it worked a certain way they innovated they got the thunderdome going on they didn't miss a single pay per view they didn't miss a single episode of anything yeah they pre-taped things instead of having it live big deal uh they didn't need to do any of that they did it and i mean look i i i, I love, appreciate that a lot yeah and i love wwe they've done some awesome things they they are responsible for some pretty amazing childhood memories of mine um but they're also a company that has a lot of critics right a lot of Certainly. critics um one mainly driven by the fact that they're pretty clearly a monopoly um but it's right. a bit like google right like you have the antitrust case against google right now yeah like No, no, no. It's, so, a, it's, so, it's a choice. No, no, no. But, but like the monopoly aspect, I think is, is one thing, but there are lots of things. Um, uh, how, how wrestlers are treated, I think is at the forefront. And this, and this is, I think something I feel not, I guess something I, 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 I've thought about before as well is, is wrestlers are always considered as, as um, contractors. Yeah. They're not employees. Right? Freelancers. Exactly. Yeah. Right. so they're responsible for their own uh on like uh air travel or travel to and fro their own expenses they're responsible for their own health insurance and things like that from what i understand um i hear that aw does it a little differently where they're treated as employees much like a sports team treats its athletes right so if you're part of the chicago bulls then you're 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 employed by the chicago bulls or you're on contract but then you I guess you get your 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 travel to and from for example are taken care of by the company and things like that. Um I mean AEW doesn't involve a lot of traveling to be fair. Now it doesn't, but I I would imagine the idea was for them to tour, right? Look, I I think it works both ways in the sense that I oh let me say this, okay? Uh this is by no means like something that people cannot disagree with. I've read a lot of wrestling autobiographies. Brock Lesnar, Ric Flair, 
William Regal, Shawn Michaels, both of them, three of Mick Foley's, four of Chris Jericho's, um, probably missing a couple at this stage. Mm-hmm. That Daniel Bryan um, may well be missing one or two more that I've read, okay? And the common thread in all of them is how well Vince McMahon has taken care of them when they needed rehabilitation. Right. When they right. Had- Even when they were under contract and unable to, you know, actually uh, live up to what they promised in their contracts, whether it's via injury or drug addiction or anything else, how well Vince McMahon has taken care of them, paid for their rehab, let them come back when they're ready and things right. like that. So I can understand someone who will come and say that, hey, this does not and should not be dependent on Mitch McMahon's generosity. There should be a better system in place. But as far as the whole freelancing, I mean, wrestling, WWE does give them contracts, right? They're on a retainer. Right. And then they get the match fees based on the ticketing of the night and other uh, considerations and so on. So, I mean, to some extent, that does happen. There's probably something to be said about wrestlers being freelancers in terms of the freedom that they might derive uh, from that. Or, you know, WWE can only put so many demands on you, you know, I, if you're I, not an employee. I, I, the, way, the, way, the way I would put it is this. Wrestlers have continued to work for WWE for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years plus. Mm-hmm. They continue to work there 200 nights a year putting on shows. They continue to be a part of that company and they continue to honestly, even when there's no incentive after they've retired or whatever, come back, back, say good things about it, do whatever it is they need to do. So I'll say, look, there must be something to it that they're doing right or the the system must work to some extent. Yes, I think uh, the head injuries... It's a very, very serious issue yeah. that has been rightly investigated and, and spoken addressed, about. I think, right? And yeah. addressed now. You can't hit people on yeah, the head anymore no head, and all that chair stuff. Chair shots the head, you know, you know, flying headbutts, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So those are real, real issues. NFL probably hasn't addressed them nearly to the extent that WWE already has. Fair. Uh, so there are those things. But when it comes to some of the other things around uh, these things, I'm just like, wait, then... You know, why is Seth Rollins working for WWE if it's such, moving uh, it's such a hellhole right. for whatever it is? Yeah, look. Which is, which is fair. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and I, me personally, I'm actually liking the fact that AEW is around. I, I, to be honest, I don't really watch AEW. Me neither. I don't. Me right? I can't get myself to care about anybody who's there. Yeah, Luke I, Harper is probably the only. And Goldust, they're like the two wrestlers I might actually I care mean, about. I, I do. I'm a big Jericho fan. Well, yeah, so am I. But Jericho's... I don't know if this is going to make it to the podcast, but fuck Chris Jericho. You know, like, I'm a big fan. I've always been a big fan, like, yeah. since I was a kid. But he's become such a dickhead. <laughs> like, he's arrogant as fuck. You know, you, like I said, I've read four of Chris Jericho's autobiographies. And, like, you can just tell this decline of him in turning into this arrogant, self-obsessed motherfucker. And you know what? Jericho's going to go ahead and claim that's part of his character eventually. But he's become this guy who just tells stories about how cool he is and how he gets to hang out with famous people. He's desperately out of shape, you know, to the extent that it's embarrassing for a professional wrestler. And he's just always tooting his own horn. And like, I think Chris Jericho really, really, you know, 
needs to get over himself at this stage and needs to accept that out of WWE, he's not that as big of a deal as he thinks he is. Fair, but my, but my point was that I'm glad that there is a second company around because when WCW was around, mm. that's when WWE was its best. Yep. Right? That's, I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, that, that was when it was at its best. I'm not saying that AEW is where WCW was. It's not, uh, in my humble opinion. I mean, it's currently fighting NXT. So yeah, but it's also, that's it's but it's also very new, right? Yeah. It's brand new. It's just getting out there. Uh, I would imagine more and more disgruntled WWE employees are going to move over. Um, it, it, it will happen. I think, I, I think at that point it'll get exciting. So my point is like for a long time, WWE did have a monopoly, right? Did have, um, so even if people were disgruntled, they couldn't move. Mm-hmm. Now there are options for them to move to that. There are better options. I mean, I, I guess at any point there was always impact. It, it, it's not like there's always ring of honor. There are always places that you can go and impact. Yeah, there's and always like Japan you can go to. There are always options. Evolve pro wrestling, yeah. but but nothing to the caliber of uh, uh, the of the mainstream mainstream appeal of WWE that WCW offered back in the day. Yeah. I also want to put it out there that no show is as good as WWE. This is a fact in my eyes. I no, I agree. Even when WCW was there. I 100% prefer WWE. Yeah, no question about like 100%. it. 100%. I would I like- used to I used to watch TN the cart you know what used to, I don't know why it was for you but for me it was I used to watch Cartoon Network, all right? And at 10 p.m. at night Cartoon Network would become TNT, TNT yeah. and you would watch WCW Nitro and all the yeah, other yeah, stuff yeah. on TNT. Yeah, man, like I I used to watch WCW as well, but at no point in my life do I ever remember Thinking or saying, oh yeah, this is better. Even when they were winning the ratings for No, even then. To me, like WWE was a better product, right? With better wrestlers. And I always just, and like outside of say like a, like Sting and say Goldberg, I didn't think they had any homegrown WCW greats, right? Well, you know, a lot of their homegrown people fucking hated it there and became greats in WWE. Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Chris, Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, on fucking Undertaker was told that nobody will watch you. Same nobody will pay point. to it. You know, you know so what was Stone Cold? Undertaker was told literally in these many words, you have talent, but no one's going to pay to watch you wrestle in yeah. WCW when he was mean Mark Calloway. Yeah, and Stone Cold was mean Mark similar. Callis, sorry. Yeah. yeah, Stone Cold was fired over the phone by Eric Bischoff from WCW. That's when he went on to ECW. Uh, you know, so they managed to get a lot of talent and fucking squander it, you know. And I'd, you know, people talk about how WWE doesn't, you know, make use of their talent, but, you know, you have to realize this. That of all the wrestlers in the world, of all the wrestlers in WWE, even when you consider developmental and this and that and whatever, even if you're losing every week or even if you're making a fool of yourself, if you're on Raw or SmackDown every week, every week, you are at the top you, of your it. industry. You've made you it. You are literally at the fucking top. Yeah. Like what's, what, what was that guy's name? Um, uh... Santino? Santino, right? Santino. People, I mean, or even R-Truth, 
right? He's a legend. Our truth is fucking legend. awesome. Right? He's like so old, but he's he's in great shape. And, and when 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 our truth puts on a serious match, he puts on a good, serious dude. match. But yeah, to your point, right? Even if you are the joke on the episode, you are still a cut. You are at the epitome. Yeah, you are at the most watched wrestling show on the planet. You are a cut above, right? Every week. And, and I honestly appreciate guys like our truth or Santino who lean into that character because it is an important part of of wrestling. Well, it's it's a uh, you know we spoke about booking earlier. We spoke about the internet wrestling community earlier. I'd like to combine those two points here and just talk about a lot of flack is given to booking. Some of it is deserved. There's no doubt about that. But at the end of the day, no matter what the booking is, how much the audience likes you, and as a clear direct result where your career goes, normally a lot of it is up to the wrestler. You know, John Cena says this in his reality era promos these days. Many have stepped up; no one has kept up, and that is fucking true. Like booking or not, whether they lose or win, a lot of people, when given the chance, simply did not win the audience over, over enough to stay where they got to, and that's a stone cold fact. And no matter what you're doing, I'll say this again and again: no matter what you're doing. Daniel Bryan and Team Hell No. Daniel Bryan as AJ Lee's boyfriend. Everything he did, he did it with so much sincerity, and he did it so well that he got over. Yeah. You know, and like, even if he had the short matches where he was getting losing or winning, no matter what it was, no matter how much time he had on the card, he made sure it was a good, memorable match, and people loved his matches. Ricochet is the same. Okay, I'm not saying that this will. This is a hundred percent thing. Okay, I'll say that Damien Sandow stands out to me as someone who did everything right and, and probably still didn't get. Okay, again, he was prominently on television every week. You yeah, cannot he, take. He that also away. won money in the bank. Right? He, he won, won money in yeah. the bank. He lost money in the bank. <laughs> yeah, but he, again, okay. But but he was and 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 even even when he was like business sidekick, he did that he so fucking well. Exactly, and he got over as a result. Someone who didn't do that as good as he would. He would have been out in three weeks, yeah. tops, right? Yeah. So a lot of it does come down to the wrestler and people. Like you know what I said about people being marks without realizing it is they don't get that they're like fans of a wrestler, like no matter what. So the wrestler has to kick in, and you know what? Uh, I don't mean any disrespect here, okay? But pre fiend Bray Wyatt, apart from the Royal Rumble match against Daniel Bryan in 2015. Didn't put on like a classic match for years oh, in rubbish. my mind. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, since coming on to the main roster, never put on a match since, as good as his takeover matches. No, since winning the Royal Rumble, and, and I think he had he had one good feud with uh, with AJ Styles. Yeah, but it, even then, Styles and Nakamura did not have a classic match that could hold the candle to Styles versus Cena. For example, okay, you know, you expected more. You expected much more. So there are many of these wrestlers who didn't, who didn't for whatever reason, the imagination of yeah, the crowd. they didn't, they didn't do it. And again, I, 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 I mean, no disrespect in any way to any of them, but uh, it is a fact that there's a lot of individual responsibility always to be taken, no matter how bad the gimmick that yeah. you get is. And this is the thing, right? This is the this is the difference between the the fanboy appeal. And more mass market appeal, right? I think I think someone like Shinsuke, 
has that fanboy or that indies that indie appeal but what people forget is that that's not enough to to be successful in a company like WWE you have to break through you have to have that mass market appeal either as a as a face or a heel right you need to kind of get more people outside outside of people who are in NXT yeah yeah to to care about you, you know you know what was very stark to me like starkly noticeable you know NXT crowd is always like a hardcore crowd cheering the wrestling was like from the second the match starts to the second the match ends they're always chanting something or cheering something right when covid hit and live crowds went away NXT matches became a lot more lackluster straight away because without that hardcore crowd to create the atmosphere and you know for them and for the audience it was suddenly became very clear why they're on NXT and not in WWE and that's a cold hard fact and i don't mind saying that uh at all you know that that's just it's literally it became so starkly noticeable you can go back right now and watch NXT watch takeover it's very 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 clear yeah. the difference between the main roster guys and NXT guys on how well they were able to adapt to not having crowd there in the first place uh santino morella i'll mention him again and again but santinas uh, santinos not santinas that we'll not talk about santina <laughs> but uh, santinos comedy acts was so good that in the only first and only 40 man royal rumble uh he was the last man eliminated it was a comedy bit yeah but a comedy bit so good that wwe took it to the climax of the royal rumble you know yeah that's that's what you can do when you you know instead of bitching and moaning to the internet just take seat again, again i sound like someone who's like i i don't mean disrespect to any wrestlers or anything like that but it's something that the internet wrestling community has to understand that there is a lot of individual responsibility that needs to be taken yeah look 100% like i i think it'll always be a little bit of both right which is some of it can be bad booking 100% but i think a lot of it will come down to the marketability of a particular star with a wider audience yeah right like i mean it's it's a t- they're on tv every week yeah are you bringing eyeballs and are yeah. you engaging t- and do people, people care enough right if you care enough about like yeah. your your you as a character how many character? i would dare say that not many people could pull off what our truth has pulled off for the last 2 years yeah our truth deserves a lot of plaudits for being as engaging and as i catching as he has been in doing what he's been doing so i'll ask you a question okay just on this on this line uh, on this line is someone like zack rider hmm right do you think that zack rider was somebody who was completely underutilized or would you think that he got he was just where he needed to be based on who he was or even somebody like say um uh what's what's that what's that guy's name uh the tyler breeze's partner uh fandango fandango we fandango got a wrestlemania match against chris jericho and one <laughs> and one so you know he got the start that he needed again after that it's up to logic send it up to him yeah um and f- the fashion police had a good run there's no doubt about that did, either yeah. someone like zack rider internet sweetheart internet champion never made it that big and that's why mossy because he's so popular with the fanboys right like he's he's also zack rider had a few important spots right the john, john cena, cena love triangle yes. thingy the kane embrace hate thing yeah. going on 
he won the internet intercontinental championship at wrestlemania and true to character lost it the next night as far as wrestler and character goes i as a viewer never thought hey i want to see more of zack rider more than i saw of him yeah could that be because of the booking very possibly yeah very possibly um but yeah look i'll say this i watched the aew show where he debuted as matt cardona mm. and uh, you know we were supposed to be super excited about him interfering in that match i didn't feel a thing i couldn't care right. less right and aew thinks i think that you can bring in these guys who didn't become big stars in wwe and they'll be treated as you know as if sting is returning on aew i don't feel it i don't care uh yeah no I mean, rusev's another example of that right where people hey look rusev had a good run not as uh, rusev again i'll very honestly say i'll ask you let me ask you a question what's the last classic rusev match you remember uh probably him john cena at wrestlemania for the us title that was 2015 yeah 5 years ago yeah okay i i sticks out of my mind yeah i love rusev he's great when was the last time rusev put on a great fucking match i mean maybe there was one after that that i, that I just remember hey so, if you don't remember you don't remember so rusev, that's actually that's the name of the game yeah. i love rusev i'll say this rusev had a good run he was on tv every week he was in prominent storylines yeah he, he got a personal storyline he yeah. got a good tag team he competed in number one contenders matches he was uh, tag team champion whatever it is look he got a good run i would love to see more of rusev for the character that he was but once again i'll say that he did not live up to his potential to the he, rusev fought the undertaker in a casket match man how many people have fought the undertaker in a casket match sir but when was the last time rusev fucking blew me away in a match it simply did not happen fair fair good point very good point um but yeah i i think so i think yeah so that, that kind of like marries a lot of things right one is like the the fanboys and how they perceive uh wrestlers but also like wrestlers having more options now to to move from company to company but the ultimate king or queen or winner in this whole battle is still the WWE right so you could say that they have a monopoly but you could also say that their monopoly has been well deserved indefinitely they've they built this i mean look at the bets that they've taken right like in hindsight everything has worked but to take things global the merchandise the video games selling out the tv rights here and there uh the number of paper views they do everything it's like uh yeah i mean, I mean venture man needs to stop trying to make the xfl a thing it's twice apparently now. like i mean he got terribly unlucky with covid right yeah and then the rock bought that shit yeah. Over, yeah but apparently like before covid hit whatever was happening of xfl 2 I heard very positive reviews. Yeah. I know nothing about it, frankly. No, I don't but, either. I'm just but talking shit. From whatever I've read, the reviews were quite positive of XFL 2. Yeah. No, cuz I know, I know the first iteration didn't didn't work so well, right? And I think a lot of money was I think with spent. the first iteration a lot of people just didn't believe that it was scripted. <laughs> 
And yet, I guess nobody wanted to watch a football match that was uh, predetermined. Uh, they just didn't know. Yeah, it's kind of like the IPL. Stephanie McMahon was like a presenter for that first XFL. XFL, you know, like the interviewer. Oh no, was she? Yeah, yeah, it was one of the first breaks she got. Oh wow, man! Wow, interesting. All right, Jagan. So yeah, we, we should say we should wrap this up. Parting words. Yeah, we should wrap this up. But before we before we kind of uh, wrap this up, right? I, I I we've talked a lot about wrestling. I just want to get if what is. Yeah, what does wrestling mean to you for this? Like, why we've talked so much about it, but why do you love wrestling? Like, why are you such a wrestling fanboy? It's a it's a hard question to ask uh, to answer when you put it that way. It's a bit like saying, why do you eat your favorite food? Well, why do you enjoy watching wrestling? Why do you eat your favorite food? Right? It's just it's something that we have limited time, and you find something that. You spend your time doing something, and you really enjoy it. It's that simple. It's fun. You know, I get no benefit out of watching wrestling that helps me in my job, that helps me earn money, that uh, makes me helps me get laid. There, there's nothing. <laughs> definitely that does not help you get laid. Yeah, yeah, no. There's nothing that wrestling does for me that has like a tangible benefit for me. But I fucking enjoy it, and that's it. That's the end. that's the name of the game. I love watching people do what they do in the ring, the story that they tell physically, the athletic ability, the good storylines. I get invested in in a big way. I feel invested in those performers. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, every week and then every month with the pay per views and something, this is for me. It's just something I love watching. I don't watch a lot of TV shows, but I do watch wrestling. I feel invested in it and I enjoy it, and that's really—it's as simple as that. You know, a lot of people will try to overanalyze things and wonder, like, why would I watch wrestling? And I'll say, you don't need a reason; just watch it because you'll enjoy it. So I'll. So if I was wrap things up, bro, I will agree with a lot of what you said just there. And the only thing I would add to that is, it in a good way makes me feel like a kid again. Nice. Yeah. Right. Very true. Uh, and and I also just think about me watching it with my dad as a kid, and all that good memories, right? So I, I um, it's 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 like the, the whole nostalgia effect. I can There's still watch a wrestling match today factor, yeah. and still feel like I'm this like little kid and still enjoying it. And I love that feeling. I, I, I really look. I think you- I think. So I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry, but ultimately, I think I I almost go as far as saying it's a it's a thing where like. There are some people after they become adults who can still look at something, quote unquote, awesome, and it's like, whoa, yeah. I, I wrestling I, just gives me those moments where I'm like, whoa, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. It's it's that. Can I suspend belief? Yeah. Like I don't I don't give a shit that somebody wrote that this guy is gonna beat this guy. Look, you watch a giant robot fight a giant monster. Exactly. Some like, people will think that's dumb shit. That's for children, and some people will look at that like, Whoa. and go like, "Whoa, yeah, yeah." You know, for me, that's wrestling. Agreed. I, I think I think that's a great way of summing it up. <laughs> to me, yeah, it makes me go "Whoa," and I love that. Uh, same, same. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pradesh, it's been a great chat, my friend. How I'm, long have we been going? Oh, we've been going on for two hours and twenty-two minutes. That's, One episode uh, of Raw. 
well, not even like we need another another forty no, no, without the year. advertisements. Oh, without this the commercial breaks, yeah, for sure. So we've made a lot less money, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So two hours and twenty-two minutes, but it's been uh, it's been kind of fun chatting it's about wrestling. Real. It's been one, one more cheers before we sign off. Cheers! 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 Cheers!